At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, we are in person, Max. We haven't done an in-person Get a Grip podcast in, in forever. When do you think the last one was? Was it before Dude. quarantine? Yeah, it had, it had to be before quarantine. Uh, we're still 12 feet apart. We are, we are definitely 12 feet it apart. It feels like we're closer than, closer than ever, <laughs> Shane, because it has been a long time. Shout out iHeartRadio for giving us these long cords. <laughs> it goes all the way across the room. If you hear snorting at any point, uh, during the podcast, that is Harlow, who is currently laying on the floor, uh, as she tends to do on Mondays. But uh, yeah, Max, good to see you. Uh, flew back last night. Yeah, I got in at midnight, 1 a.m. Um, but, you know, we, we I'm a media guy. I got to get right back on the yeah, horse. Take and a get shower and get it rocking. <laughs> so I was talking to you before we started. I mean, there is, I will say, you know, I mean, there are, you know, critical things you can say about the FedEx Cup playoffs. There are great things you can say about the FedEx Cup playoffs. I'm saying more from my side than yours. But one thing that I do think is a huge success in terms of the way the playoff feels is somebody like you who going into Sunday had a chance that if you play some out of your mind round, your playoffs continue. And if you don't, your season kind of ends and you go into Sunday, not knowing what you're going to be doing the next week, a little bit like, you know, Boston into the BMW championship. So, I mean, it is, I guess in a way you're thinking about playoffs. It is kind of game 70, you know, you go into game seven. I hope we win. I hope we move on and advance into the next series. But you know, if we don't, I've got a chance to kind of look back on the year. I know the final round wasn't what you wanted, but overall, I mean, how was the week uh, at, you know, the BMW at a golf course that was playing as brutal as it was? Yeah, it was a cool week. I really liked the BMW. I feel like they've put on the be- some of the best events, even on the uh, when I was on the web uh, and obviously on the Corn Ferry, um, you know, I actually won that event. But uh, I really thought that it was put on well. So I don't know what BMW does so great, but they always seem to be like just like a, a world-class type uh, venue and a, and a world-class type 
run event. You know, I know Joe says the caddy stuff is always the best too. So um, always enjoyed that. So anytime you get into a BMW, especially obviously the one in the playoffs, it feels very big. Um, I like your analogy of like game seven. I would, I would put where I was, I was 30 points down in the fourth quarter and I needed like, <laughs> it's probably been done before or it can be done, but like, it's not really like on the forefront of many people's brains. Um, so but yeah, it was cool. I mean, I like that golf course. I got to play there in college. Uh, it was funny. We were talking about it to uh, uh, Taylor, Taylor Gooch and I, because Taylor played there all four years in college. And, you know, when we would play there, it was usually cold and, and soft. And the course was still a nightmare because the rough was thick and it was long as can be because the ball's not going anywhere. But it was soft, so you could, I guess, get it. And obviously, it was easier than what we just played. But um, still really hard. So it's a golf course, I think, that could play under any conditions. I loved seeing it firm. We knew it was going to be tough by Wednesday because the greens had that purpley, you know, sheen to them. Like you could tell it was getting up there, especially for, you know, a Wednesday, Tuesday. You know, that's typically not when it's that difficult. So we had a pretty good feeling it was going to be tough. I didn't think the rough was that bad. Um, as bad as it probably looked so many times the ball ran down grain so you could move move it like it wasn't that bad but it just goes to the 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 benefits of firm if you're in the rough doesn't matter if your ball is literally on a tee you can't spin it enough to stop it so you could get the ball towards the green and maybe sometimes it's a bad thing because you think that you can get one to stop but you're just not going to and we hit you know maybe one shot from the rough that was I hit it really close but other than it was a perfect angle and you know honestly landed perfect for like on a perfect number but man, like just it's just such a good golf course because even when you opened up an angle by being in the the rough with how firm the greens were, you couldn't do much anything uh with it. So I thought it I thought it was just an awesome week. Um it obviously presented such a great uh finish and, and a you know the perfect, I guess, playoff if you if you you know, if you could say that. Well, uh, one versus two. Yeah, I, mean, I mean it I, doesn't I, get better than that. I didn't even I kind of didn't re- I mean the world rankings are great for headlines and they're great for broadcasts i mean it's very hard right now to keep up with who's world number one it changes every week basically yeah, you know it's kind of like wild <laughs> five players in the revolving door it's like remember in the early 2010s when the revolving door was like Kymer, Kymer westwood luke donald yeah. adam, scott. adam scott snuck in there yeah this is like the rich man's version of that yeah. i mean no knock to those guys but you know now you've yeah. got like dustin and rom and jt and rory and and that seems to be that kind of revolving door. So I was, I kept hitting refresh on Justin Ray's Twitter account because I wanted to see the last time there was a, a number one versus number two in the playoff. But I mean, it, it, it gave us what we wanted. You talked out of the rough, and I want to get to this a little bit later. I want to focus on you first. The shot Dustin hit in regulation into 18, can you just give people an, an, an idea of how hard that is considering you're out of the rough? It's a crap angle, and he somehow gives himself a chance at that putt that he made. Yeah, I mean... If you're perfect world, that shot needs to be sh- to to make birdie. You would think that shot needs to be short of the hole. It was an unbelievable shot. Don't get me wrong, but like you couldn't leave it above above that pin because there was a a bit of a backstop, a pretty big backstop. But once the ball starts, you know, bouncing and rolling, there's no way it's going to stop. So we left it in kind of the worst spot you could leave it while looking like a great shot, like because it was a great shot, no knock. But I thought that no matter what, he needed to be like chipping from short even in the bunker short, not past that pin. And of course he makes it. And of course Ron makes it. So what the, what the hell do I know? But um, that was such a great shot because, you, but, but it, again, it shows you the precision you need because he was not precise enough. Um, like that was all in all that was, and, and Rom said it best about his putt. I mean, Rom's putt misses. He's got six, seven feet come back at best. 
uh, DJ probably very similar six, seven feet comeback. Now, obviously, it doesn't matter. They went in. Like, who cares? But the point is, is that if, if we're looking at all holes as equal, as we talk about uh, many times on this podcast, uh, that would have been a bad spot to be. Like, uh, but he made it. He's a he's world number one. I mean, he's they're both gamers. Like, of course, they made it. But, um, you know, I saw one of the funniest shots, little discussions we had on Sunday. Um, Berger, who's just been on a blackout tour for the last like two months is playing behind us. And we Hubbard heard a noise and he's like, I think somebody just hooped it on seven. And we look back and, and burger is like smiling at us because he made it and it flew into the hole. And Mark said it best. He's like, that's a really bad shot. <laughs> and and we're like, what do you mean? He goes, well, if that ball flew in the hole, that means it was bouncing over it the green and the it was bat. dead. And I'm like, that was a really bad shot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, but it obviously worked out. It went in the hole, but uh, that's the thing. That's what this course like demanded. So yeah, Dustin shot amazing, but no angle. And he, he probably had that shot a bunch this week as everyone did. He probably had it less than most people, but that's what you're dealing with. If you could, um, if you could get it, you know, on two, if you're in the right rough to most of those pins, especially obviously the left pins, it had a no it had no big false front you could literally run the ball up to the green and you had a good chance of having like a 20 footer for birdie however you still need to hit a really great shot to have 20 feet because like i messed up just a little bit misjudged the line had like 80 feet whereas if you're in the fairway i don't care where your angle is what side of the fairway you're on whatever you had such a better chance of getting your number right to land it near the front. I think that's what the rough provided was so uh, w- with the rough that was provided to us made it so difficult was even though your lives were good, you still needed to get your land number so precise because a lot of them had a little pitch front to back short of the green. So that's where like the difficulty came where, like I said, if you had a bad angle from the fairway uh, with how good everyone seems to be at distance control, I feel like you could have, at least got the front number pretty good and been pin high. But yeah, Dustin showed, you know, obviously a great shot. But like I said, I don't think that that was the proper leave in general. Right. So we're looking at that as an amazing shot. And it was, and that just shows you how hard the course is that we're looking at an amazing shot that still was in a pretty bad spot, all things considered. So you play with Hubbard, our, one of our favorite uh, <laughs> yeah. people on the podcast that we've never had on. You play with him on Sunday. I mean, you've mentioned a very good friend of yours, one of your better friends on tour. Yeah. Is it? easier or harder to play with good friends in tournament rounds like it is it considering like say you're playing with someone you've never played with before versus like a good pal typically i would say it's better i would much rather play with a friend i felt kind of bad he really had a chance to make 30 i mean he needed to play amazing too so i'm obviously not my fault but i i feel like when you're playing with friends like i was really rooting for him not that we talked about it but i was really rooting for him to get going and get hot and i played bad uh he played bad but I felt like I my energy sucked that last day because once I made a couple bogeys, my year you had was nothing to over. play for. Yeah. I, I felt and I felt kind of bad about that as the back nine went. I tried to get out of the way a little bit, but my attitude sucked. I mean, I was just like mopey, and I don't think that helps when you're friends with somebody. Because sometimes when you're not friends with somebody, that kind of feels good to watch some, you know, somebody kind of get yeah, beat up. Get, yeah, beat up, and you're like, oh yeah, it shows you, you know, you know, I'm better, whatever. But so I felt kind of bad, but at the same time, obviously it's not like my responsibility, but I do feel bad. But at the same time, I mean, Hubs and I both played like crap. Um, now, it, but it will always be more fun to play and better for me to play with somebody I like. It's just better, I, I because even like you know something, <laughs> something you know, I do something bad and I'm in a bad mood, and Mark will do something bad or funny and maybe just look at me and, and then you smile so at least gives you something to smile about uh so yeah but i mean it's just 
It was a dud. I feel like maybe when you're playing with somebody you like and your friend, like if if one person's vibing the wrong way, the other one kind of vibes gotcha. more negative because you feel for the other person. Like Mark made a bogey early on three, and like I said, I mean, he needed to play really well. So it's like, gosh, come on, like you get. And then like I make a bogey on six, and it just like felt like once we got going, it's just like nobody. I don't know. We were like happy to be with each other, but we were both in such a bad mood at middle. Like, like I was probably in a more of a bad mood than him, but like he was also in a bad mood at times. So it just felt like it was dead. But, but then again, like it always has its redeeming moments. Cause the last three holes when we both are literally like, whatever, right. You're just kind of laughing through. Cause I'm playing with my, my buddy. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'll always take playing with a friend over not a friend. So you, I mean, you played, I felt like, the week, like you kind of were battling the first yeah. three days, like every round, right? I mean, it just felt like you were kind of battling, battling, battling. It was a golf course like that. And you and I've talked about it. We've seen, you know, even just this year doing the podcast, you know, you're a guy that it seems like he plays better on kind of the tougher of the golf courses. So is the battle like the battle for you? You're playing this brutal golf course that's beating everybody up and you can kind of battle the golf course. So the first three rounds, you have something to kind of fight for. And then when it goes away on Sunday, you make a couple of bogeys and you know that everything you're fighting for, I mean, you could fight for money. You could fight for position yeah. on the leaderboard. The problem is, is that where the leaderboard was, it was hard to jump two spots, yeah. you know? So it's like, it didn't feel like there was a whole bunch to kind of fight for. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely felt like as um, the first two days, I actually played really well the first two days, despite being six over. Um, and then, uh, you know, Saturday, I honestly didn't play that great, but that was like the biggest fight day, I guess, when, when I, I was probably the most controlled of where I was leaving the ball. I thought it played easier because we were in the morning uh, or earlier in the morning. So it was a little softer and I made a couple putts. Um, but yeah, once Sunday, you know, once I got to 12, basically on ele- actually 11, 11's what sucked to win. I put it horrible, especially Sunday, but I didn't put it great Thursday, Friday either. And on 11 i hit a great drive and hit like a so-so wedge but i was below the hole like 20 feet which literally feels like you have eight feet up the hill at times you know 25 feet 20 feet up the hill uh because it's not defensive and it was very straight and i had a really good putt and um you know it it, it was halfway down and i took a step because it literally was like in the hole and then it spit it back at me and i remember just i stood there for like five seconds and i just was thinking to myself fuck this like <laughs> you I'm had your joel it. damon moment yes I, and i was just like i'm over this like that, that's when it hit me i'm like i'm trying to be a pro right I'm trying to grind to not finish whatever place i'm over it and like <laughs> then of course the next one i make a double and like it was from a three putt i mean it was a bad drive to t-shirt too but it just all of a sudden was like you know what so so and that's when the golf course showed like if you're not fully locked in right. all the time leave it where you're supposed to it just like becomes hero golf it's like i don't care about this anymore even like 15 i hit uh, one of the best drives of the week and then a really good four iron to like 40 feet and in my head all i was thinking was i'm making eagle i'm making this putt don't care and then i ran it like five feet by and it's i missed the five, five footer and i told myself you cannot be mad at missing this five footer because you told yourself you only wanted to make eagle so it just became like you know what's one birdie gonna get me like it's gonna get me a couple more points and a couple more bucks like honestly even like even joe would agree i mean like you know whatever his percentage of our improvement is like not enough for us to really sweat it. Um, I think if the whole week could be summed up though, or not summed up, but like where, where my head went to and where the grind went to, uh, I swear to God, if, if five, uh, if number five on Friday didn't happen, I really think I would have had a better chance. I kind of sucked the, uh, wind like right out of the whole week. Uh, five was a short par fours, unbelievable hole. I, if it, we were talking about it yesterday, if it was soft, 
like a typical day, it, you would eat it. You would be mad if you made a par. Like you, you'd eat it up. But the green ran away a little bit. It had a false front thing. You, we never knew what club to hit. Every day, Joe and I would joke. I was walk because it was a long walk back to the tee. Like, what do you think today? Like, because the first two days we made double, and the first day didn't do a ton wrong. I hit a bad tee shot, but just like everything starts going off, whatever. But the first day I played poorly. The second day, as you know, since I doubled it the first day. I, the second day I get to that hole, it's like on my back nine. So I'm almost on the round. I'm playing some of the best golf I've played this this season. Maybe in my career, I'm driving the ball well. My, I'm controlling my irons. Uh, my short game's great. I'm grinding so hard. And I'm not putting great, but I'm I'm holding it together. Like I'm making the ones I need to. And I just feel, felt really good about it. I think I was uh, even at that point, but I had just been one under. Like I felt good about what I was doing. Game felt there. Uh, and I got to five and it, we're like, I like three iron, um, even though three iron gets in the left bunker, the left bunk, we were literally just trying to have 20 feet per par. That's how we like looked at this hole the first two days. Um, but if it goes in the left bunker, that's okay because you can spin it out of the fairway bunkers. That's where like your head went to this week. If you're in the rough, you can't stop it. So, and if you hit the fairway, you got a wedge in right too. So whatever. So I get up there and I hit an awesome three iron. I mean, maybe two yards left of where I'm looking, but to anybody who, you know, plays like serious golf, like that's a perfect shot basically. And I kind of took my eyes off and I heard Joe say, or somebody say, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, what happened? It kicked left. He goes, it literally just kicked dead left. And I was like, that's okay. It's in the bunker. He goes, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it stinks, but it'll be in the bunker. Get up there. The ball's not in the bunker. It's in the rough between the bunker and the fairway hanging like way above my feet where I'm like basically standing in the sand. And I told Joe, I said, this is literally worst case scenario. Right. And looking back, this is so much easier now, but, I could I should have just pitched it out 20 feet in front of me and then hit a wedge on and made a bogey or maybe a par. I don't still don't think I could have stopped it, but I we both thought the lie was okay. Standing in it, I guess I should have been more honest. Whatever, but I hit it out. It went nowhere short of the bunker. Now I have the hardest shot ever. That went nowhere. The next shot goes over the green, and then I two putt and make like a 10 footer for six. And it just it crushed me because I had played so well, and and not just that I played so well. And the, oh my god, I messed up holes like. I hit that tee shot. Right, you hit a good shot. Two yards left. I don't. I don't know if it hit the edge of a sprinkler head or a, a, a old divot. But that's that's when it was like again, like going back to Sunday. It was kind of like I have to play pretty perfect to do all this, like right. And my game hasn't been the best for the past two months. But I thought that Thursday, Friday, a lot of the things I've been working on, I had a lot of control over where my ball golf ball wasn't going to go. And I get to that hole, and it's kind of like. Okay, like, yeah. I'm kind of done with this. this. Is it. Like, got, how many more days we got? Yeah, that's <laughs> what it felt like. And then Saturday, I grind hard, you know, but even that, it's like a lot of things didn't feel like it's going my way. You know, it's like one of those things I watched at golf yesterday and Rom and uh, Joaquin hit it in the tree on 15. Kicks it out. Kicks out. And it, maybe it's more because of my head, but I'm just like, yeah, like I, like, I didn't get one I don't of those. think I, I got one of those. Like wh- You didn't get the dust and ball that's coming bouncing yeah, like, back backwards. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's just kind of like, you know, but that's the, but that, again, like this was great prep for the U.S. Open as Joe, ta- Joe and I talked about all week because you need to know a few things. Obviously, you practice playing really hard golf courses. Second, uh, practice the idea that if you make three bogeys in a row, you're three, four over two birdies like brings you back into the event um even you know my saturday even par moved me to 26 i obviously didn't really have a chance to win the golf tournament but man i was back in the golf Mm -hmm. in the event a little bit and then looking at sunday that if you space just a little bit and you start thinking that oh i never get a break and i yeah well it will beat you up and that's what it did to me the positives you could take from it is i mean it does it did feel like you're on the course in in kind of a weird way practicing for the us open yeah 
I mean, I'm yeah. assuming a lot of people. That was good. I mean, like I honestly, that. for three days, uh, I thought I actually played really well. I did not drive the ball quite straight enough, but I felt like the stuff I've been working on was better. I don't know what was going on with the putter because I was rolling the ball rolled really well and I didn't make anything, but um I felt like um the stuff that I'm trying to do better was better. And then like I said, if, if not saying that if I really focused that hard, I could have turned Sunday into that much better of a finish, but you take Sunday out, I'm in 26 and playing, you know, what felt to me like when the top players are like, I just can't get anything going. You know, they say that and then you're like, but you're in 26. It's right. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. I'm like, I just can't, nothing seems to be work. I bogeyed my last hole the first three days. It's just like, no matter what I did, it just well, like, got 18 off. 18 looks pretty easy. I mean, we it's called like it a par five. 520 so. yards? Yeah, we hit three wood off it on Friday just to hit the fairway. <laughs> and then I made par that day. And then yesterday, I literally hit it 400 yards, but way right. And then, like, pitched it in the bunker and made par. <laughs> but the other two days, I mean, it's, it's, you're so, ripping a driver. And and it's not even the length, though, that's hard. There's literally a tree, like, in the left side of the fairway off the tee. So you have to either hook it or do what they did in uh, DJ and Rama. Hit, hit way it over, over the yeah. tree. But that's a scary – I mean, it's just – some. You saw it. They missed the fairway, and it looked hard. Obviously, they made the putts, but like I said, those were not good leaves all in all. No, I mean, it's it looked brutal. I, I want to get to some positive stuff. You did the charity event on Wednesday. Yeah. Watched it. Great. Thought, I'd, I'd say you were A+. Plus. Thanks, I, man. thought you were kind of the superstar of it. You know, <laughs> no big deal. I mean, I'm a little biased over here. Thanks, but yeah, I just a little. Give you that. Uh, a couple things I want to go over. Um, first thing is, and it got cut off, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of expand on this. Uh, you just teed up Bryson for an unbelievable <laughs> answer. Now, I, I will say I wasn't watching at this point because I think I had to go get my son or something. But I don't think you uh, missed a lot. I had to do like an adult thing. But you asked Bryson about uh, deep dish pizza and gains, and the answer got cut off. So I was going to give you an opportunity to, to, to give us what he said. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I mean, great question. I can't take all the credit for the question. Andy Johnson told me to maybe get Bryson talking about pizza. Uh, so I, I thought about it. I had a few things. I don't like to be the scripted, like I'm going to say right. these things guy, but I had two that I need to get. I you should have get. written them on your hand. I should. That would have been awesome. <laughs> or on your glove. On my glove. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, I, I got one over him. here. Up on my pinky. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I wanted to get in the trigger, uh, mm -hmm. golf dog thing. And I wanted to get in this pizza. Did, did thing. you get the trigger thing? I got in? the trigger thing. And I didn't talk to Bryce about it. I did feel a little uncomfortable cause I, 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 I'll interject on myself here and talk about that really quick. I don't know. It's kind of one of those things you show up to a golf course. Someone's like, Bryson, five years ago, this dog was here, um, and he and you won the USAM. Oh my gosh, I'd love to take a picture of the dog. And then like, it, and then you say, "Oh, trigger, help me!" Like, and then you know, it blows up that he wasn't there, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, I so do, I mean, I love making fun of Bryson personally. Whatever, I think a lot of people do. He, right, and, and even it's, he would admit it's that, easy like, to do. It's, it's low hanging fruit. Yeah. We get it all. But the that time. one felt a little bit like I didn't want to like rub it in his face, but I did want to bring it up because it was National Dog Day. I literally had my dog there. I thought it was kind of. Obviously, if he did mean to do it as BS to use dogs is like, you know, a stunt. <laughs> did so, you by any chance think about bringing Scotty out and being like, do you remember Scotty? From well, five years Colin Morikawa and I were talking about it. And I, and I think I had mentioned or he mentioned like you should bring the dog out here for National Dog Day, whatever. But so I, I will say that, like, you know, I didn't really want to bring that up, bring that up that like meanly. But because um, I don't think that it was really his fault. It was more like the PJ Tour communications, right? right the story sure. they did not clear, like I mean, clarify at all. Listen, if it's not your dog and it's a golden retriever, yeah. kind of look the same. Sure. Especially from five years ago. Sure. Like, I don't see you for three months and you look kind of yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. I kind of remember what you, you look like. I'm with you. So, yeah. So I asked about this pizza as Andy kind of gave me. And I was trying to think of like what I would say to like bring this up. And. 
a lot of times I think like, you know, my favorite, like they're the stuff like we, we all joke about with Bryson, but I think why people will like make fun of him here and there is that he talks about a couple things. It's a lot. And, and most of it's, you know, the media likes to ask, but like, how far do you hit it? What club did you hit? How far do you seven iron? Oh my God, it was 200 yards. Like you do that. And then like, what are you eating? Like, how's your workouts? And he talk. that's like all I hear him talk about always. And even in the round, like I poked fun of him for it, but like, Somebody, I think, say has asked me to like roast his swing, and I was like, I'm not gonna roast someone who's like obviously better than me right. at golf, but like I will roast how often I have to hear about how far he hits it, and then literally that hole we do a ten thousand dollar bet that he could hit it over three hundred sixty green. And do I find it wildly entertaining and cool? Yeah, but it's just like hearing about it a lot. So I brought up the pizza thing, and I was like, you know, is deep dish better for gains than regular pizza? I don't know what that means, guys. I don't have any idea. And he and he, you know, he I heard they cut it off, but he went into like he would assume that the calories are higher. Which, guys, it's just the amount of pizza. So it's right. just like two just, pizzas instead of yeah, whatever. Just two, if, you, if you stack two Domino <laughs> yes, slices on one, that's the same amount. But he of also said that he eats, it's not very healthy. And I said, but I remember hearing you in a press conference that you can eat whatever you want. And he said, well, yeah, but I like to eat chicken. So he basically said, like, I, I can't eat whatever I want. I don't typically, I don't know. I thought it was a weird answer. The right before that was a weirder moment that we actually had, me and Bryce had a good laugh about, honestly. And I will say that he can be a pretty good sport. If right. you, I feel like if you give it to him a little bit and he knows you're not like, I'm not being like malicious, but like he'll he'll take it, you know? But on the whole before, we're playing the scotch game that has to be the most confusing game of all time. The person I want to get, I wanna get into that in a minute, by the way, but it go ahead. It was so stupid. I mean, I get why we did it. It's like native to the Chicago golf scene, but like I, it was too much to learn. We're playing with seven clubs. It's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but um, but Bryson and I are walking off 11 green trying to figure out what the score is. And he goes, ah, oh, man, like I can't figure this out. I'm not very good at math. And I said, hold up, dude. I said, you're the math guy. Like right. I told him, I said, you are That's your thing. You claim to be the best at math. He goes, well, not, not math, uh, theoretical math. And then I told him, I said, I too, in theory, am good at math. <laughs> and then we had a good, like a good laugh or whatever. So for the rest of the day, I was like kind of pissed that he said that he wasn't great at math when like, that's all I hear about him minus like the long drives. But so, but it was honestly fun. I mean, you know, I got Colin's one of my, like, I really like Colin. And I mean, he's literally, it's so funny when you know, someone's really good at something that we play a straight drive hole. And it's like, yeah, we already won this one. Like this is already done. And he gets it five feet from the rope. Like it was just so fun. But it, it was a, it was cool. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, something I think that was good for golf. I thought it was good prep for the course. Uh, we got absolutely drummed by, um, you know, two people that obviously I felt like Colin and I had the upper hand in like the, um, in like the trash talk and like with the way our brains go, Colin, especially just because he has a major. So at any point in the time, if we were losing, I'd just bring up. Or bring up the, yeah. yeah, he just Sorry, literally buddy, just yeah. won a major. But they clearly had the upper hand in the golf that those that day. Uh, but it was cool. I mean, you know, it was good exposure for the for the like I said for the golf tournament. It was part of my feel good Friday. But the Evans Scholar is really really cool. It's the second time I've gotten to meet the kids who have won, and um, they're just they're just like the. If you, I'm not, you, you are a parent, you know, I, if I ever become a parent, I feel like this is like, it's exactly how you'd want your kid to act for like three hours. They, <laughs> they come off so much cooler than us, so much smarter, so much like more level headed. Like you're just like, man, you guys are so well adjusted when I was your age. I you had know, no idea what was going no on. No idea. Anything. And it's just so cool to see. And, 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 uh, that, you know, that's my feel good Friday as far as just getting to see that. Um, and, and so all of it was such a good cause. I think they $193,000 total raised after all, all was said and done. So that stuff's awesome. And, and that, that's, what's cool about doing it. 
Um, you know, we could joke about all uh, picking at each other and Bryce and this and that, but like the 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 whole reason this happened was was for such a good reason, such a good cause, and I thought that was like kind of the highlight of the day, all in all. So uh, you also brought up one of your go-to favorite needle uh, comments in golf, which I love. I've uh, unfortunately I've I've been the recipient of this a few times. Uh, you love uh, needling the meathead who says little. Oh clubs. God, it's the best. And, and it was on my Steve Tinoco. I think we came up with that. Yeah, so you, <laughs> you, this, this is one of your favorite ones. I mean, you hit me with it. If I ever say it, you always hit me with it. But Bryson, perfectly. I mean, if I would have asked Bryson to say one thing in front of you, this would have been it. Yeah, it's perfect. And we so explain what you love when people say this. Yeah, so I actually didn't know. So the the difficulty with someone like a Bryson or Kevin Na really, like if if it was Colin, like I could talk trash to Colin. It's a uphill battle because i don't like he, he i don't even know if he can even hear me at the top of this hill that he's right. on i but, mean he uh, can lean on his, his accolades a little bit always right um so but i don't know kevin and bryson very well but it feels like we do because we all have the same jokes about what they you know walking in putts like oh haha like you've done it a hundred times at what point does this get old but he loves it so whatever and bryson like we all joke about him but like he's killing golf so whatever but so I don't really know what I can say to people, though, that won't I don't ever really want to be mean, mean, like I'll be mean in a joke. But like I I consider myself pretty uh, friendly and respectable. But like if I'm going to talk trash, I'd like it to be as I want you to know, I don't mean it from a bad place, but I want you to know that like what you did is corny or whatever. Right. So Bryce I'm calling you on it, but I'm not I'm not trying mean, to make you cares? I'm not trying yeah. to embarrass you. I do dumb stuff all the time. Of course. Too. I'm just better at talking about your dumb stuff than you are at talking about my dumb stuff. Like, <laughs> that's how I look at in it. Theory. Like, in theory. In theory. Um and you might be better at hitting a chippy little nine iron than I am at hitting an iron. So that that's what he does. So so uh not he specifically everybody now look back on it. Pretty much all your friends, anytime you ever get to a part three and you guys all have the same number and you'll be like, what'd you hit? They'll your friend will be like, I hit a little seven. I took some off a seven. I cut a seven. And and if you off the tee, like how'd you hit that drive? I towed it a little bit. I healed a little bit. Like you it's it's just men. Like our egos are so nobody stupid. says they hit it perfect. Never hit it good. It's so weird. So it just become I started this joke with you, and like I think I really did start this joke with Steve Tinoco, who's uh my buddy who's like or our buddy who's like a he's really strong, yeah. super in good shape, like played baseball, like and hits it far or whatever. But I he always would say, like, I had this little this little seven iron. And me, our buddy, Tyler, uh, Marley, like, all the guys would always be like, Steve, you got to at some point say you just hit seven. Just say seven. I could, I, I was like, I, I could see that you didn't hit it as hard as you could. Like, I can see that. Like, make me have to believe that. Like, or figure that out. But just stop saying little. And he laughed. He goes, I don't even notice I do it. Of course, this is, again, jokes. So Bryson on 13 gets up and. Kevin asked him, you know, what'd you hit there? And he goes, I just hit like a little, little nine. And I, I had to bring it up. I'm like, cause he's the perfect, like he's the big golfer. As he's they say. the like, person. He's the per per perfect person. Like nothing's ever, he either hits it 390 or you he's know, never he's one little. time in his life since this transformation said that was just a huge, yeah, nine. huge nine. So it was, it was just like, his tee is like the tallest tee you've ever seen, you know, that he uses for his golf ball. He teed it up even higher for me for that thing. It was perfect. And it was fun to get out of the way. Cause like, I do think this is like kind of a PSA to men everywhere who play golf. Like, how about you just say what club you hit? Like it's okay. Yeah. But then it also reminded me of this meme. I saw that I tagged uh, Stevie F baby in, but it said when you're on the, when you're on a par three tee and your buddy's like, uh, what are you hitting? And, 
and and he says like nine iron the guy goes like well i have pitching wedge get your weight up and it was like Kawhi leonard doing the like the laugh (laughs) and it's like when you're holding six iron like that's what it reminded me of because i was also hitting like a stock eight on that hole and he just told me a little nine yeah Yeah. it is i mean you're you're so right i i hit a drive the other day and somebody said how'd you hit it i said i hit it that's as good as i can nice and i feel like i don't say that enough yeah where you're like by the way, that was a good snore by Harlow. Really Way to go, Harlow. Snore, I hope, nice. hope that was on. I hope that got on. <laughs> I mean, we, need to, we need all of our characters in this. We've got <laughs> yeah. Baby. We've had Hubbard. We've Harlow. got Harlow. we got Scotty. This, we're checking the boxes here. Henry <laughs> the, hasn't mentioned yet, but we can throw him in there right the now. The Get a Grip bingo card is <laughs> they, they are flourishing. Just, they are just nailing it. Um, you haven't said anything stinks yet, though. That's I think that yeah, would be I, on Yeah, I guess I do that a lot. We yeah. should make a bingo card. That's okay. a really good idea. We'll do an off-season <laughs> is bingo Is there a big card. enough card? That's a, the, the Get a Grip bingo card. So, all in all, and you got a really good head cover from our boys at Seamus. They made that Evan yeah, Scholar head cover I look really cool. Yeah, I gave it to the uh, uh, one of the yeah one, our caddy for like the scholars. Thing, thing is so sweet. That was cool. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was awesome. like made I out think of their they're bibs. selling. A, yeah, made out of the bibs. They're selling a hundred of them or so, giving back to charity. Um, but Shane, I want to ask you a question because I feel like you asked me a lot of questions, and I do a really poor job of thinking of questions and then executing on the question. So the executing is going to be off. Hey, listen, it's just going to be off. This isn't we're my mold- lane. Listen, we're molding you into a media but person. I, but, but at least still, I thought you're still of the there. Question. Yeah, you're a little non iron of media right now. <laughs> so uh, we, and when I say we, like golf Twitter has been pining for higher scores. Right. 30 under is too low. The course are too soft. It's too easy. This isn't entertaining. It's driver wedge every hole. It's this, it's that, it's that. It's, no one's ever happy, which, okay, whatever. You're allowed to not be happy. This week was the opposite. <laughs> this week, People are talking about on Sunday, man, it played so much easier. It's like it it wasn't that easy. Like three under was an amazing score. Right. Like, so it was perfect. It, we had a different win Sunday that makes it a little bit easier. And it, it was still really hard. So I thought that this is what people wanted to see. Would you agree that it lived up to the kind of complaints about the easy golf? And then I also want to know, like, what about it did you find intriguing what would you like to see more of maybe less of or was it just this is how you'd like to see golf week in week out yeah so so i have always felt like you know i mean to to follow up with kind of the golf twitter take is it it's more fun when it's tougher to watch because as i've always said i think i've said this on the podcast i want a guy to come to 18 with a chance to make a bogey just like i want him to have a chance to make a birdie and when it's super soft and you can throw darts you know, pros don't make bogeys a lot when that's the case, right? Especially the guys that are leading. You know, that that's something I think that you've, I feel like you've hammered home the point of this. And I hope people take that away is that when you're watching the guys leading a tournament every week, those are the guys that are like super locked in on their game. So you're not seeing a lot of bad swings anyway. You know, they're going to hit good golf shots. It was weird, man. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really into the weekend. I don't know what it was. I don't know. It was just I, there wasn't much movement. There wasn't much separation. Everybody was kind of floating in the same fishbowl. You know, it was like you see a guy at plus two and then they'd be at plus one and then they'd get to one under and then it came back to plus one. And I didn't ever really know who was going to run away with it, I guess. But I, I mean, and I don't know if it was maybe the stoppage in the NBA or just the fact that I'm a big NBA fan to begin with and I wanted to watch and support everything they were doing. But I mean, the big TV was NBA, you know, this weekend. And I mean, I, I, I follow you obviously as well. And I mean, I follow what you're doing. I thought it was, it was fun. I thought the end was great. I mean, I thought the playoff was excellent and it was crazy to see the birdies from where those guys were, you know, in that playoff and in regulation, considering 
all week long, you know, we'd heard and seen any missed shot was basically a bogey. And these guys were turning fives into threes with, you know, insane putting. But, you know, it, it was just, it wasn't as amazingly enjoyable as maybe I thought it would be. So there maybe for me, there's a spot at just slightly more playable for everybody. Not way more playable, but, you know, I mean, I don't know if, again, par is irrelevant. We've heard everybody say that a million times, but I thought it was fine. I don't know if I thought it was fun. Yeah, um, I, I would say from what I brought up last week, I do think that if this golf course had all the properties that it had and then you shaved around the greens, I think it might have been more fun to watch. I also truly think that ha having fans is taking the life out of golf tournaments because I, I I can't. I was listening to No Laying Up on the way over here. Their like recap of the of of this week, and DJ Pie said a similar thing, and just that he felt like he was just like sinking in his couch, and it wasn't super fun until the very end. He's like, "Holy cow, this is wild." Yeah, the no fans thing is tough. I think man. it's the no it really fans because this is what you're asking for for the most part. Obviously, nobody can have it dead perfect how they want it, but this is what we're asking for is is higher scores. And then you're telling me you're getting the two best players in the world on a really good golf course that's playing, you know, essentially even par. And you're still not entertained. So now, I know you could take that as a as a as a broadcasting issue, but I just think that um, there needs to be energy at the event to bring it up because I don't buy that. I know DJ Pi loves golf, and I know right. that he he is smart enough to realize what's going on. I just don't think I think no roars. I think it feels. I think it's a lot how this bubble feels and why it scared scared me about the Blazers for the Lakers was. There's no uh, home field advantage. There's no or home court advantage. There's no like there's no roars. There's no momentum. So every game from game one to game seven feels very similar. Like you almost have to remind yourself, holy cow, this is a closeout game or whatever. Like that's how I see it. And and just hearing what you said and what he said, I I take I don't take offense to it. Just it's hard to listen to everyone complain all the time and then also kind of complain when it's exactly how we wanted it. And again, I know that maybe that's just a bad sign for golf. I don't really buy that. I think that it sucked the life out of the tournament not having a crowd there because the, I the thought tough, that the end was sick because we heard, heard a enormous roar. Right. And Rom's fist pump and DJ's fist pump wasn't like wasn't this weird. Wait, you fist pump with no one that like you fist pump because it it was cool, but also it made it cooler because there was a roar. You could hear people. On. So. So I think a, a tougher venue, like a tougher golf course, U.S. Open, a place like this, where, you know, par matters, uh, you know, not like Boston, where, I mean, you know, you see yeah, a guy shoot 30 and you see like a whole that. bunch of 19s, is the tougher the golf course, the more important it is to have fans. Because, you know, like, you know how you always hear, and I don't know if I if I totally buy it or not, you know, you always hear, oh, the, the British golf fans are so much smarter. You know, they yeah. really appreciate par. You always hear, you know, people say that on air and stuff. I mean, again, I, I don't know. <laughs> accurate that is a, I don't know if it's a knock to American fans or whatever but I, I do think if you have people fans watching an event and they understand what a par means and what a birdie means considering how tough the the leaderboard is and how tough the golf course is played all week that brings it up you know I mean I thought the putt Dustin made on 17 you know he hit a horrible sure. second shot right horrible. and he had a great bunker shot just to give himself a chance to par he had to make the par he has no chance at the tournament to win back-to-back -back weeks he makes that putt to me that putt even more than 18 that is a roar helps the situation putt. sure you know because he makes a seven footer for par that he has to make and it might push what rom did on 18 a little bit or mess with his head i rom said something really interesting this year at tory pines uh sunday at tory pines was the day kobe bryant passed away and 
as you know, many people noted uh, noted earlier this year, um, the crowd started to get more and more out of the event because more and more people were finding out what happened. And Rom was in the final group, and Leishman went up and was crushing it, and he got onto eighteen. And Leishman said he uh, Leishman made birdie on eighteen to move to like two ahead of John, uh, and. John said he didn't hear a roar, so he thought he might just need birdie or something like that. And obviously, he didn't say that, like, this is the reason he didn't win. But he just pointed out that it was just so odd to think that that's how much he could have learned from a roar or not a roar. And he actually assumed the other way. So you never know what could change that. Um, you hear roars all the time. and You're like, I wonder who that was. I wonder who that was. And if you're in contention now, you really are like, I wonder who that was. Was right. that who I think it was? Because at times, you know, if the crowd doesn't really, I mean, they care a little bit. But like, if you make a seven iron, let's say from the fairway, they don't care if you're the one leading or if you're ten over. They're gonna go nuts. You're gonna go. They're gonna go nuts. So maybe that's it. I, I, I don't. We might have the most negative sport in the history of sports. I, 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 as far I agree as fans, with you. I agree it is. With you it's on pretty this. nauseating. Um, I, maybe I'm too close to it, and I listen to too many podcasts. But just like everything, Brendan Porath caught himself on the Friday and actually, or on the Shock and Star podcast, and it made me really happy to hear him because what was he? he I think he was talking about the first round or something, or or maybe he was talking about I don't know. I've listened to like four this week, but he was talking about something and went negative first, and then Andy. Andy came back and said something positive about it. And Brennan said, I thank you for bringing up the positive because I did not mean to say that this was negative because, but that I think it's just, it was a perfect case because that's where our brains go. It's just like, or let's immediately find out what we didn't like with the coverage, what right. we didn't like with what Azinger said, which I do all the time with Faldo typically, but all the people like I, I'll find one little thing wrong. Let's pick, pick at what the golf course could have been better. It's like, I think we've conditioned ourselves not to try to enjoy it. And, and maybe I'm, being wrong and maybe it's just not enjoyable i don't buy that though because we all love golf we all love watching golf enough to grind through this watch i think that either we're being too picky or people are being too picky or i do think that the fans missing in the last honestly the last five weeks i've really noticed a big shift i, I don't think it's been again Wyndham is is typically a pretty low level event as far as excitement goes this year would have been awesome and i i even felt and I tried to find the positive in all the watching. I felt like this sucks to watch because there was no fit. Like, like we mentioned a couple weeks ago, Herman's shot just didn't get me any rise. And I was like, that was amazing. Yeah, you would have got it with the noise. Oh, well, my so, so your, your so thing about negativity, I wonder if because golf has so many factors, right? So, I mean, if you're watching, and I mean, I've talked to you about this with sports, but if you're watching Wimbledon, NBA, football, like the field's there. I mean, they're, they're showing the sport, yeah. right? In golf, there's 18 fields. There's golfers all over yeah, the place. It's, it's hard to get everybody in. I mean, you and I joke all the time about you not being on coverage, but you but know, it's how like, are they going to get, I mean, it's hard to get you it, on, but, but you know, I mean, if you're not leading or third or second or whatever, I mean, we saw you at the three M you were on coverage a lot because you had a chance late Yeah, to, Riviera. Oh wait, no, no, no. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, like, well, we heard when the, when the girl yelled in their backswing, that made her, um, but the, but you know, like it's, it's hard. It's hard to do that. So like, that's an easy thing to pick apart. But golf's also the most unique sport to put on TV, right? It's yeah, not it's at Wimbledon. So Federer's not on that. Had to get on. <laughs> yeah, Wim, Wim, thanks, Harlow. Wimbledon's. This is Harlow's favorite place to lay. By the way, yeah. it's by the door. Nice it's and like warm and also a little cool. Two hundred and fifty degrees outside. But you know, like Wimbledon, like Federer's not on center court, and then all of a sudden he's on court eighteen, and then he's on court two. It's like if you're watching Federer, you're watching Federer. If you're broadcasting Federer, you're watching him, and that's the broadcast you can focus on. You know, like. Golf's also a sport where, like Zinger, which I know he got people like in golf woke Twitter didn't love the comment about trees. No, but that's <laughs> what like did a, he say? Well, he I, just I, he just said he likes the trees and he doesn't like when they remove them because he says trees 
force players to hit different trajectory golf shots, which, I mean, I guess I don't know about the golf course. I've never played it. I've only broadcasted the amateur there, but I don't know if you have to hit different trajectory shots into greens with your irons. I, I like, know. I like that. I think, I think just going to the negativity, we, I have a view of how I'd like to see golf courses. If you want it to be more entertaining to watch and to, um, and what I think would make it a little more difficult, even on soft weeks. I, I mentioned it last week. I mentioned a little bit this week. I also think that throughout the season of a PJ tour of a, a PJ tour season, you need variety. I want Hilton head. I want colonial. Then I also want uh, Olympia fields. Then I also want Revere. Then I also want like, I want it all. I want I every stage. I want, I want, you know, if you wanted to throw in, uh, what's the course? Um, Trinity Forest. Trinity Forest. You throw a Trinity But I need all of it for a season. It's it's similar to the the um, uh, Formula One. Like, all the tracks are a little bit different. I want different weather. I want well, some soft. I want some It would some be firm. awesome if there was mandated events that you kind of had to play in, which I know that's hard to do. Yeah. But if it was like, so the FedEx Cup, right? And I Even if there wasn't, I guess it'd be all right, because then you would get, this is the week you know, um, a, a short straight guy, uh, Brian right. Gay has but, the best chance. This is, a, and right. you would actually see mega different leaderboards. Well, it would be maybe. cool though if, like, so, okay, the FedEx Cup, which, I mean, gets shit on by golf fans all the time, oh. which it shouldn't. And uh, by the way, I want to just mention this. I ran a poll for this podcast yesterday on Twitter, on, on Sunday on Twitter. I said, all of a sudden, you're a pro golfer. You get to win one of the following, and you have to factor in everything money, prestige, time on tour, all that stuff. Masters, overwhelmingly won at 71%. FedEx Cup was second, 13%, then the British Open, and then the U.S. Open. So, like, you're sitting here. These, this is for not Yeah, because people love money. They just don't want other people to make so, money. And, and, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I do want to get into the FedEx Cup for you, I mean, as a player, because I think, personally, the FedEx Cup matters way more for the professional golfer playing in it than it does for the professional golf fan watching it. Sure. And I think if I was going to ask you, disconnect. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask you, okay, you could take a FedEx cup or a PJ championship with all that comes with it. I don't know what you'd answer, but 15 million is tough. And like, I had a couple of people respond to this, that Bill Haas is like career earnings money wise is up there, like higher than Kepka's because he has a FedEx cup and Brooks does. Do it. they factor that in? I, I don't know. That's just, I mean, because Bill Haas had a hell of a career for not winning. Well, but a I mean, I think he has like four wins. I mean, not like that's nothing, yeah, but he, I'm saying he has maybe four wins and he's got a FedEx cup. Like the FedEx cup's a lot of money. I mean, it, a FedEx cup is basically you having three or four unbelievable seasons on the PGA tour, yeah. not being Rory McIlroy or, yeah. or Dustin Johnson. Right. I, I would be curious to Bill Haas because Bill Haas, he doesn't miss, he used to not miss a lot of cuts, uh, but I don't know. But yeah, uh, I had this conversation with DJ and Tron this week and I, I totally get why it doesn't interest people enough that the pros who already have money make $15 million. They, who cares? You just went made more money. I don't, and this is where I put it on the tour, not uh, advertising this or not marketing this correctly. The players want to win the FedEx Cup to win the FedEx Cup. The money is awesome. Do not get me wrong. If I won $15 million, I'd be freaking out. But they want to, DJ wants to win it because he hasn't, he wants to win it. it Rory hangs his hat on winning two of them. Tigers won two of them. JT's won two, one of them. them. Like you hang your hat on it. It is a huge resume booster because, again, for some reason, the PJ Tour has not marketed it as 
there should not be a player of the year award. What are we doing? Who wins the FedEx Cup is the player of the year. It's like we don't play a team sport where you can have an MVP of the season and also a Super Bowl champion. Like we have a sport where the player of the year won the FedEx Cup that every year, obviously. Like it has to be how it goes um, because that's the point of a whole season. So I, I, I can't stress enough how important winning it would be for a player. And I think the fans don't find it interesting because they just think we're playing just for the money. I, I don't, it, the money, the money, get, the, the money gets that. presented so much. I mean that, that now for that, sure. That, I just your don't point, buy that. What, I'd what, rather what, win. Cause they'd be like, damn dude, you were the best player this whole year. You are the best for a whole, you are the MVP. I'm Lamar. I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm, I'm, I'm Mahomes. I'm like the best dude. Like that's so cool. Like, but for some reason, everyone's like, God, I'm so tired of hearing about the money. And, and I get it. I would be, too, because I don't care that Mike Trout's making $400 million. Right. But I think it's kind of mind-boggling and, like, cool. Hell, yeah, it's cool. But, like, that doesn't get me excited to go watch him play baseball. I want to go watch him play baseball to see if he can really become what I think is the best baseball player of all time. Well, I'm sorry, guys, but, like, that's also important for golf. But we've, like, put this weird thing of, like, majors is all that matters, and that's BS. And the FedEx Cup matters, man. Winning the FedEx Cup matters. Well, so, so I, I agree with you 100%. And I've been pro FedEx Cup. I mean, there's tr- trust me, there's plenty of things I pick apart about it. But I have been pretty pro FedEx Cup because, to me, this year is so different. 2020 is so different than most years because typically this is the kind of the last hurrah of the season. Now, you've got random events that, you know, Tiger will play Zozo or, you know, you get CJ Cup, things like that, that are random fun golf events typically on at weird times. But after the FedEx Cup, you if you have a Ryder Cup year or President's Cup, whatever, you get to watch that. But that's kind of the end of the season in terms of everybody playing the same event. I feel like the tour needs to hang its hat on, to your point, you have the major championships. But this thing here, the whole point of what we're trying to do with the FedEx Cup is to prove who played the best for the season. So, I mean, if you're saying the marketing needs to change, like the FedEx Cup, this is the player of the year. This is the guy that played the best from day one to the end of the season and peaked at the end of the season. I mean, I, I, I gotta say though, you know, like Mark Leishman, right. Who did the anti Dustin this week. He shot 30 over, not 30 under, you know, Leishman's in next week to the tour championship. Now I know he played great earlier in the year to do that, but like if it's the playoffs, I don't understand how that, I feel like they've just somehow, if they can tighten up the advancing through the playoff part, it would make more sense. Cause I don't get why a leashman would be in and somebody who has played solid golf for three weeks isn't. You know, leashman played bad last week too, you know? So it's yeah. like you you have a couple of weeks of bad, but the regular season impacts how you finish. And then you get the staggered start. And, and even going back to the, the point system in your charity event on Wednesday, it's like, let's just simplify this a little bit in terms of the scoring, like the aggregated scoring, all of this stuff that we try to make to make it make sense. If we could throw it out the window and just simply go, we get to the playoffs, you know, we've got this many players, you've got to keep playing well to advance. That to me defines playoff and at least would help somebody that's a casual golf fan understand why Dustin's one and Rom's two. You know, yeah. I mean, they see it this week, you know, they see it from this weekend. And I'll tell you this the PGA Tour and the FedEx Cup is very much helped by the fact that one, two, and three of this FedEx Cup going into the tour championship happens to be the one, two, yeah. and three players in the world, but not always the case. I just feel like the money thing, let's stop pushing that. And to your point, let's push that this is impactful for the season. The majors are the majors. That's great. The WGCs, the WGCs, 
You've got other tour events that are important, but like this is from start to finish the award for the players and make that maybe the message. Yeah, I totally agree. I think uh, a few things that might help uh, the next season should not start the week after. Agreed. I mean, 100%. I just think it sucks. It just sucks. It, it sucks the air out of the FedEx Cup because you just feel like this isn't the end of the season. Like there's no break, and we feel this. I mean, this is a joke. Like this is crazy. So, so why don't you have? So just to just to just to butt in for a second, what you could do again? I mean, the PJ Tour has does not turn down sponsors. We know that. You could have a a little bit like how we had a bubble MVP with Dame Lillard winning it. What if you had yeah, like a, a fall, fall series. champion? That's right. I like yep. the fall, fall series. Fall series personally. gets his tour card for a couple of years or something. Give him Give some him incentive. Something. Yeah, I don't know, need to have, do that, but be be something and tag the and bring you know Wyndham, who I mean has has put a lot of money towards you know the PJ Tour and the Wyndham Rewards, which I feel gets a little bit lost, even though yeah. in theory that's kind of the regular season award, right? Is yeah, the Wyndham top and that's ten? The problem is it shouldn't be. It should be kind of like the Aon was, where it's just this hokey. Somebody's nice gonna Aon, get a by the yeah, way, to someone's go, gonna get, that get a million bucks. Like right. that's what it should have been. It shouldn't be JT. You get another million dollars. Like that. That goes to the point of what's not interesting to people is, of course, I think it was presented to keep people like the top players happy because we do not like the top players do not make enough money on the golf course. Rory makes you know ton off, and I'm sure Dustin and JT like these guys probably make a ton off, but they do not make enough money. Like I look at this 15 million dollar bonus of the FedEx Cup as this. It would be like, you know, pick a sport. Um, we'll just stick on stay on football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got that big contract, five hundred million dollars or whatever, right? Well, he's you know looking to be the best football player going forward. That's how he's being kind of labeled. Well, it would be like me saying, okay, you're the best player, and this is how much money you could make, but you need to go prove it before we pay it. And you'd all of a sudden be like, that's kind of exciting. He's not just going to get five hundred million. He has to go prove that he is worth that. And that's what's going on right now. Dustin Johnson is proving that he should be getting 15 million. John Rahm is proving he should be getting 15 million. It, it's so, but again, that's not what drives them to do it, but that would be a better way of presenting it to like the mass public. Because right now we're looking at, we're looking at this thing that I just feel like, like, again, there's a disconnect between the two, but yeah, I, I think that you can make a fall series. I, I love, I love the fall series idea. Now make it count for the whole next season right. if you want, but but make it like a like you said like a small contest like they had for the corn ferry tour where 10 guys are going to get in the US Open something like that because you're not going to get I'm sorry but Dustin Johnson I don't think is going to if he wins FedEx Cup I don't think he's like he's slated to play the next week on tour no. so what's the excitement is Phil Mickelson will be there but like you, you people need a break and this year's you know got the US Open right after that so you're going to get a terrible field at the same yeah, you, you get comparison. the false you get the fall series and what's cool about like again the the year that I've always thought years were confusing. I mean, I always thought this when I, tough. I always thought when I like would have baseball cards, you know, and like basketball yeah. would always <laughs> yeah. have like 95, 96. And I'll always be like, what year was yeah, the yeah, year? Yeah. And I mean, this is a little bit like that. What I love about the FedEx cup and the idea of it kind of starting at the new year, once that idea we have the winter series, fall series, whatever is the first chance at FedEx cup points comes to the guys that are in the tournament of champions, you know, who won the year before. So it's like, you get an added bonus because you get a free play at FedEx Cup points yeah. for the first event. Like the guy leading the FedEx Cup points list is going to be somebody that had won the year before. Anyway, I, I mean, I, I just feel like you and I are on a little bit on the same page with this, right? Where it's where there's there's the, the FedEx Cup is very. I mean, you're a player. The FedEx Cup's important. I mean, you even said last week, 
your only goal every year is to make the tour championship. Yeah, I think it's a sign of a good year. I think obviously winning it is a sign of the the best year of everybody. Um, part of one of my fights, good idea, dumb idea. This is a good idea. This is actually like a good idea or dumb idea. Like I don't really know, and I don't even really have the actual full idea. That's how dumb it is. But I, I was stuck between thinking we need to adjust the playoffs because this Leishman thing seems crazy that he's only nine back of Dustin and Dustin's beaten him by like forty. <laughs> and in two weeks, no, more than four, like 50 in two weeks, something like that. Yeah. But, but at the same, like, we just have a sport that's not, it's not like as obvious as how playoffs would work. That's why the playoffs were, I guess, is the dumbest thing ever, but how the playoffs should work because we think of playoffs as win in advance. I mean, technically, I guess if it was playoffs, it should be match play of some sort, but I still, I like what they've done. So I don't think that they need to adjust it, but it would be bananas if leishman won the fedex cup because he can like he really can. He can he's good enough to do it um he obviously isn't playing that great right now so i would doubt it but like if he, he shoots can. nine under on thursday he's got a chance to win dude that's what's cup. crazy so i mean my point is the good idea is the fact that yeah you could adjust it and, and make it perfect but my the dumb part is do we need it to be perfect like this is pretty exciting if we if we made it perfect right now dustin should have a hundred shot lead um or at least like a five shot lead over rom and then a hundred over the next guy right. like so that would suck to watch like this is our our biggest event of the year it really should be um the pj tour you know as the players in this um so I like what they've done, but yeah, like, are we going to have some faults or flaws? Yeah. Are we going to have some flaws in like coverage because it's so hard to cover this many people? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, yesterday I'm watching Neiman has a, uh, no, not Neiman. Cause he did have one that i wish that they would have played, but you know, Dustin hit his drive on 15 and then you clip over and it's like, this is a second ago. Oh, Neiman on 18, he gets a second. And it was like, in my first thought trigger was like, of course, how do we not see Neiman? But it's like, yeah, but we have Dustin hitting his drive on 15. Like, we need to see that too. Right. It's just a sport where you have things that are layered. Like, you got to think that it's in a perfect world, I would hit a shot, and then Mark would hit a shot, then Dustin would hit a shot, and then and you could actually literally, like, play to each shot. Right. We don't have that luxury. If you're going to set up certain uh, certain shots, you're going to hear while you're setting it up that maybe somebody just made a bomb. Now you're going to have to say a moment ago after you finish this because you just were bitty. So it's like it's just a we have a mess up sport when it comes to, to, to marketing of it and the coverage of it. I think that this Eastlake thing and the tour championship has has nailed for the most part what it needs to be. It's staggered. It's fun. It's less confusing. It's what we have asked for. Um, is it perfect? No, um, it's not nearly as, as as perfect as a football, basketball, baseball playoff has been hockey like th those seem to be the most. Uh, like democratic way of deciding who's the best players for the year, um, but regardless if you think the money doesn't matter to Dustin, you're right. Winning the FedEx cup does. If you think the money doesn't matter to Rory, you're right. The FedEx cup does like stop buying into this BS of people pushing that. That's just about the money. It's just, I, I can't anyone who has made it to this level in their life as the best person at something in the world, the things that you think motivate them aren't the things. Like we, 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 we go nuts over how Kobe Bryant worked so hard just to win. That's all he cared about was winning. Kobe Bryant had like $200 million from body armor by the, like what, right after he retired. Right. Like 
money didn't mean anything to him yet somehow we like skipped that like he could have just stopped playing and been a bazillionaire but we forget these people we, are like, competitive freaks that's why he has 200 million dollars right. do you want to know why dustin johnson doesn't have to care about 15 million dollars because he's so good and competitive that he doesn't he's made so much it doesn't matter but that's what pushes him to keep winning and to keep trying and to keep plugging along like that's what motivates him like rory looks stumped this last week saying or this week saying i don't know why i can't get motivated i it's because it's a fancy he's used to a different environment but he is even like annoyed by it. Like when the best person to look at is Justin Thomas, that man is one of the most driven, motivated people of all time. He's going to have more money than you could ever imagine. And I swear to God, if you ever say like, oh, he's just doing it for the money. It's like a prom. I promise you from the bottom of my heart, he's not. That's why he's Justin Thomas. Well, it, you know, I've had to change my mentality on this to your point about when you you just kind of assume as a fan, I don't know why we do this, but you assume at times that the player in any sport, this isn't just golf, but the player doesn't care. You know, it's like, ah, they don't really care about this, do they? It's but a that's regular because season you game. don't like, but, but it's, but it's, I mean, I play a $10 Nassau and I want to win that, you know? So if it's, so that's me. So if you're talking about Rory McElroy or Dustin Johnson, and I mean, Dustin gets this a lot because of his demeanor, right? Ah, oh, Dustin doesn't look like he really cares. Like, but the guy's playing golf. He's playing. He's being competitive. He's not with his family. Hey, he, he wants to win. Like, yes. if he was playing beer pong, he'd want to win. If he was playing bags, he'd want to win. Like, he wants to win. Like, we all want to win. I don't understand why we lose the idea of winning and and competing when money's involved. Like, big money. Like, money that we can't fathom, right? $15 million is an amount of money that... Almost everybody on the planet can't really understand what it would feel like to win that, but they're still trying to win first. Win. And if you win second, like if they bring you the FedEx cup trophy, that's awesome. If they brought you a bib that said champ, like written in Sharpie, you'd still be like, okay, cool. I won. You're like, I don't care what it looks like. I think it's very telling the difference between a top level athlete and someone who just plays golf that like the, the average person, which I understand bring can't seem to comprehend that $15 million isn't a driving factor. It is a factor and it's an enormous factor. And is it, is it, is it exciting? Sure. Is it super exciting to someone like me who does not have $15 million? Yeah, it's super exciting. And, and for me, maybe 15 million is more driving than winning the FedEx cup. Like maybe it's definitely closer than it would be for Dustin, Rory, Justin tiger, like all the top guys. But when I was 12 or 13 years old, and this is most golfers, most of us, we see Tiger when he was two years old on the on the on TV. Um, we hear his interviews when he was like 15 about how he wants to be the best player in the world. When I was 12 or 13 years old, my dad told me, you know, you need to pick a sport. If you want to play a sport, you need to pick one of the three I'd been playing, and you just start to like treat it really, really take it really, really seriously because this is hard and this is what people do to become a professional. There's probably only a handful who have not done that, honestly, and I don't even know who that would be. And so from the age of 12 or 13, I mean, I'm treating this thing like a job. I mean, my friends would come to the course with me too, but I mean, my, I mean, I, when I got a car, I would drive to the course before school. I would go putt if I was struggling with my putting. Like I, I got a net in my backyard. I mean, and it's not like just a net to hit some golf balls. It's a net to work. Like, right. so, and that's, that's almost every athlete in every sport. You hear these stories about these eight-year-olds doing this and being driven and the, but some somewhere along the lines, people get older and the fa the players get older and then the fans look at them as just 
like that, like those years didn't matter that they, you're so lucky you just play baseball for a living. Like I heard that all, all week or with this whole, like, you know, the social injustice thing, which we'll get to, I guess, but like these comments, it's like, you should be so lucky you make millions of dollars and you play a sport for a living. It's like, I get why you see that. Cause from the outside, I, I totally get it. But since the age of 12, I have skipped things that most people got to do. I have played golf every day, not to ever have fun to literally only get better every day. My, a hobby that you have that, that I would be so jealous to have as a distraction that you can go play golf with your buddies and take your mind off something is literally the exact opposite of what I have. So, so when I tweet and you say you should be practicing, do I not, what do I get? Like, do I not, I can't have a hobby. Like, cause my hobby can't be golf. Cause it is golf. My hobby can't be football or basketball. Cause I can't get hurt because of golf. I have my hobby is reading Twitter stuff and having interactions at times. Like that's part of my hobby. So it's your getaway. It's my getaway. So you look at these people that, and, and I get it. Oh, he shouldn't carry $300 million. Like, I'm sorry that your brain can't wrap around the fact that that's not what met, uh, that's not what motivates that man. Does it help them that that's mo- like, sure. But we see someone like Sophia Popov, who you mentioned, we might get to play golf with. I can't wait to play golf with her, but we mentioned that. And it's so obviously motivating that, Oh my God, the 650 grand, means so much to her it changes her life and this win and oh my gosh it's so crazy it's like those stories are so obvious yet it, when dustin wins a major it's like yeah it's really or you know it's like oh it's great but like the money it's like i'm sorry the money is 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 secondary even for sophia i would right. bet like when i won like yeah i won a lot of money and it was awesome the thing I remember to this day is not that right. It was you won. winning. Yeah. Like I, it's just, this you're is just something. It's you've been yeah. competitive and, since you were. And a- that's why I am where I am. Right. And that's why Dustin's where he is. That's why Sophia's where she is. It has nothing to do with the money. It's such a great like byproduct, but there's a reason that these people make all this money it's because I have treated this thing like a job since I was a kid. Since when you were just go back in your own head. And if you are somebody who says these types of things, these negative things, go in your head and tell me what you were going through when you were 12, what your day to day goal was when you were 12. Cause I promise you my, my focus was probably more serious than your parents focus at their job. Like that's how, that's how people get to these things. And that's how, you know, and, and, and no disrespect to your parents. Maybe your parents had the same focus, but like that's they probably developed it like even later because it takes a lot of people a long time to figure out what they want to do with their life. My sister just now, you know, in the last three, four years has found a job that she is very interested in and she works really hard at. And that's now her main focus. But got, you know, she's much smarter than me, a much, much more like like awesome human. But when she was 20 in college, she had no idea what she wanted to do. Like I knew what I want to do when I was twelve. Right. So I, I, I've been doing. I've been doing it since I was twelve. Like right. begging my mom to just drive me to practice so I could go work. Like literally, I'm asking to go work when I'm like. And that's how every one of these people have been. So stop with the money. Like it's great. It's cool. It's not like I don't think money. Like money doesn't matter. Like I know money matters. It's awesome that I have made money. Like it's that's awesome. But it's an amazing byproduct of what you do. Pissed this week because I did not accomplish my goal. I made as much money as I could. I don't need much more money than this. I am mad at the season. That's the difference. So just try to like put your brain in that spot because I think that that's a really interesting point. And that goes to our FedEx Cup. Winning the FedEx Cup means a lot to the players. It might not to you because this $15 million is shoved down your throat, but it means a lot, I promise. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary indulges your senses and supports a greener tomorrow plus when you purchase the natural hybrid you're also helping fuel lisa's work with shelters and those in need since 2015 lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So, I, so it, you, you made me think of this story I'd heard about Eight Mile when they were when they filmed Eight Mile. Uh, Eminem was having some like he was like losing his voice because he was having to rap so much. So when they were doing these battles, they were bringing in a whole bunch of different like rappers from Detroit to battle Eminem, and Eminem had to do the battle, but he wasn't talking, so he was like mouthing his battle words. And these people that were these random rappers from Detroit were digging into Eminem, and at one point he was like, "Yo, you got to turn my mic on." Yeah, and they're like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I can't not, I can't bat not battle back." You know, he's not, he's not making any more money. Yeah, he's this super duper 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 famous guy that's got nine figures in the bank and all this stuff. And he's like, "No, I was put on this earth to rap." Yeah, and this guy's coming at me, so I've got to come back at them. And it's this audition stuff, and he had to turn the mic on so he could go after him. He that's care why about his he's voice. He, he right. He, exactly. There are a handful here and there. You look at players in certain sports that you're like, yeah, maybe that guy really does on, only care about the money and, and that's okay if you and that's do. fine you know joel damon talks about it a lot but I, I i know joel's more motivated than that but that is maybe that's his driving factor and so but but you look, don't look at joel and see him at least at this point he's made enough money probably maybe not to retire but he's made a he's lot of money on multiple houses he at least multiple homes. <laughs> um, but like he's still gonna keep playing because whether it's because he wants to keep competing or he wants the money like he, he needs a focus in his life same with someone like dude pablo sandoval look like looks like he has given up 
you know, but he's still playing. So he's still motivated by something. But those are the people you you hear of less, maybe those stories. And maybe and there's for sure more of those types of people um, that, that it's just like, I want to make more money. And th- that's great. But um, if Joel had $50 million and he won the FedEx Cup, he would be so excited to win the FedEx Cup. Like, if he won that major at the PGA, I bet you he'd be stoked to win the major at the PGA and also the money. Right. But like the major, it means so much to 99% of people who play sports. Like that's what matters. So, I mean, the best example of this in our sport, in golf, I mean, the best example that we can come up with that we haven't brought up yet is Phil Mickelson. You know, we, you get so many people to go, why, why would Phil play in this champions event? And you're like, well, because he wants to compete. You know, he's got an event. He's got a U.S. Open in three weeks. But like, the, I mean, it's it's because he's a competitor. It's why he plays the Safeway. It's why he plays some of these random events that you're surprised to see a superstar that is Phil Mickelson. You're surprised to see him still grinding and, like, losing this weight and getting in this shape that he's got in at 50 years old. All of those th- reasons, it's, it's because the dude has been doing this since he was a kid. And this is what he knows. He knows and to this compete. this is what he loves. Jordan played for the Wizards because the guy was competing. And I guarantee you, if you went up to Jordan, probably not now, but maybe 10 years ago, and you went, you couldn't score 12 in the league. Yeah, he, he would at least He would at least gone six weeks at some yeah. sort of a dirty workout. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, again, I, I love that you bring this up, and I think it's so important for people to understand it because I, I do it too, man. I, I have moments where I'm watching on TV, and you're like, doesn't look like he really cares. Like, yeah. He definitely cares. Now – he might have lost focus. He might be pissed off at himself. It's not going the way it's supposed to be going, but there's no loss of carrying. And to kind of wrap up the FedEx Cup conversation, when I just pulled it up, when you look at the FedEx Cup, and this isn't, uh, we're not sitting here promoting it. There are flaws in everything. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, stuff yeah. that could be helped and changed. 2016 FedEx Cup Tour Championship. Rory makes that unbelievable putt. You know, he holes out. He makes the putt to beat Chapel and, and Ryan Moore and that to win the, the Tour Championship in the FedEx Cup. We get Xander, who remember had that bunny that he almost missed. He told and, me he's still he's still paying like reparations for that lip out because the one he had at Colonial this year. He goes, I think I'm still paying off that lip in at the. At the he's like, it's okay, it pays off for a while. That was 17. You know, he's battling JT, wins by one, and then you get Tiger Rory in the final group in 2018, and Tiger wins for the first time in for however many years. It's like this event has been really entertaining for what it is and for what it should be. Well, it's contrived, but it's contrived to give you the best players in the world because at the end of the year, those are who make it to the top. Typically the best players in the world are the best players in the world. So it's contrived, and maybe that's something that you find a flaw, but they're trying to give you what we ask for. I I mean, how many Phil Tiger duels have we had in our life? I mean, I can remember two to three. Doral, Masters, and... Pebble was great, but I mean, it wasn't a major, yeah. But it's not a lot, And, and, and... that that's that's two of the best golfers of 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 you know our lifetime uh over a course of 20 something years so they're trying to contrive a way to give you it and they are and you're we're still focusing on the wrong thing right like you it's, still can it's play not it. tiger and phil could play right now for zero dollars and i bet you they both want to beat each other's brains hell they yeah beat the other one like that's what matters yeah i mean it's 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 again it's being it's being competitive i mean yes. that is and that's being what brought them is, to where they are is an enormous part of being a professional athlete yeah. now before we get to flights just and I mean, I know it's hard to do it right now. It's been a day, but can you just kind of I mean, you know, kind of quickly and and summarize the the season? Because it's it's been a really weird year. I mean, you had yeah, you had the first part of 2020 and the second part of 2020, and you have that huge break in the middle. Just when you look back on your year, 
Can you just kind of give us your thoughts on it and things you loved maybe and, and, and some things you didn't and what you want to work on? Things I loved, uh, some of my like, you know, obviously my my one goal always is East Lake, but I, I noticed that I just had so few top 25s last year and it was kind of like you just not, you know, embarrassing is the wrong word, but I was like, man, like I didn't feel like I played. I thought I played pretty well last year, but you know, the wind kind of masked maybe a lot. Um, you know, I got into a lot of events that that I typically didn't. And I think I'd looked at it as good because I was making the cuts, but I was finishing, you know, 50th or whatever. And so this year I wanted to have multiple top tens, like a, like a good chunk of them. I wanted to be in contention. And I did, you know, I have four top tens, which still isn't enough, but that's one in five uh, events I played. I got a top 10 in this year, which I think is pretty good. That's like lower than the top players clip, but um, that's pretty decent all in all. Um, I had, you know, quite a few more top 25s. I felt like this year my good golf was quite good. Um, my bad golf even was decent because I mean, I think I missed six cuts by two or less. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but those are some things that I've just been thinking about to kind of keep me motivated. Um, I learned probably more this year uh, about, not maybe not learn more, but I think I'm close, definitely closer this year than I was last year, which is, you know, obviously important. My big stuff, like the driving and the putting, still seem to be inconsistent. And I need, especially the driver, the putter I believe in. I've always been a streaky putter. When I putt well, I'll be one of the best putters you'll ever see. And when I don't, it's a struggle. And I'm hopefully going to get that floor a lot higher. But the driver just needs to keep getting better um, or get better. But um, this, my biggest bugaboo for like the whole season last year, last year's year, and then before the quarantine was my short game. And I would say that my short game has been awesome since coming back. And that's really cool because I put in some serious work for like three months to get that better. And that was fun to see. A shout out to my buddy, Derek Dominski. He really, really helped. And, um, so that was, that's fun. So those are like the positives, the negatives, like I, I gotta, I gotta find a way to get, like I said, the driver better. And then the next step after that, in, in my opinion is, uh, once the big stuff kind of becomes at least again, the, I know I say it all, all the time, but the floor higher where I don't need to like maintain it all the time. And I can rely on it a little bit more. Like the wedge play just has to get way more solid. Cause I watch the best guys in the world, at least each week. And you're like, they have like four kick-ins and you're like, that looked really easy. <laughs> they save a par from the fairway. Like that, like, you know, it just like looks very, so low stress. And I know I do a lot of things really well. Um, I, I still don't think I have like a perfect identity out there. It's like what I'm great at. I do feel like that the weeks I've played my best has been because I put it really, really well. And even though I look at myself as a good ball striker, like I'm starting to maybe not really think that I am good at it, but that's, I never played an event and like won it or, or, or been tops in it because I, I hit it amazing. I, I feel like if I could get my driver to the point where I could win a golf tournament, cause I drove it so well, like that would be a really cool goal to have because right now it does seem like if I put it great, I'll be, I'll hang in there cause I can grind and whatever. So that's been the year, you know, learning stuff like that. And that's, that's how the off season or whatever you want to call this off season will go like just <laughs> trying to <laughs> there's four days yeah, this four, four today, days, is, your today <laughs> is day one um of five so uh but yeah like just finding like the little areas i think that last year at the end of last year there were so many more holes that that needed to be you know patched up this year the holes are small like it's gonna take you know like one stitch you know one one butterfly not like the not like a whole stitches. yeah not it's not gonna be a big surgery yeah. i might be able to put a band-aid on it you know so <laughs> I, I just feel like last year was like man i gotta get better at all this stuff this year i think you know it, it was close like i said but i need to start turning these miscuts into made cuts and i need to start turning these 
fifths or tenths into wins at some point or or seconds or something like i gotta but but again i just think it's little stuff here and there's when you look at again all things are equal throughout the tournament you know M- minnesota this year perfect example uh the second day i just played like crap and it's just like wh- like why did you play like crap and it just Somewhere in there, like the game just isn't technically sound enough or just not solidified enough. You know, Riviera Saturday uh, Thursday afternoon, first first day, just like lost it mentally. And it's just like, like, why are you losing it mentally? Like, why are you stressing? Like, why can't you calm your brain out? So it's just little stuff like that. Cause when you look at the end of those two weeks, I lose one by two, right? Two so or three and one by two or three. So is it's it, like is it a is there a level of like where I mean, like just from start to finish, you feel like any time it's a bad hole or a, a couple of bad holes, you make a couple of bad swings, like as opposed to kind of getting down, it's more just, I've got to focus because again, at any point I can, sh- I can, I can go on a run. You know, yeah. I it's, it's part of that. It's, it's also just part of maybe knowing why you made those two okay. swings a little bit. Cause I feel like, you know, Min- Minnesota on uh, Friday and then the beginning of Sunday, although I brought it back, like I had no idea where the ball was going. And it's like, man, the day before I felt like I could just place it in the fairway. Like it's, so it's just like, just a little bit of, of that, which everyone goes to, but like you just to make it to the next level, like that's not something. Right. So maybe finding something there and then, yeah, but also having that understanding that, Hey, like not just attitude, just like the actual mental approach, like Brooks Kepka said a couple of years ago or last year, like stop focusing on the cut. Let's win the tournament yeah. because there has to be, I, as much as I'm telling myself, I'm not, there has to be somewhere in there because I'm on the cut line every damn week. So has to be something like that. So work on those things. But this stuff I've worked, it's not like this is like groundbreaking. But I would like to get to a point where my my big stuff got, you know, um, which it's getting closer. But where I really feel like I don't have weeks like I did, you know, at the PGA where it's just like because I am clearly not showing up to the biggest events. And I don't think that that it's a lot of it, it might. Some of it might be mental, but I think a lot of it's just my game. If the golf course like this week, like um like the PGA and like Memphis, three of the bigger events I played in this year were very, very demanding off the tee. I stunk. Gotcha. Like it just doesn't, because I just don't feel like I have a plan. Maybe like, I don't know. It's just like not solid enough. So I'm playing these hard golf courses. Not great. And I go to Minnesota where I could miss a little bit and I end up hitting a lot more fairways because I felt comfortable. And then I, you know, get third. So, um, you know, hopefully get that straight out. I, th- I feel like you need to do that well at winged foot i've heard <laughs> yeah no no no. so just blow it everywhere it you're fine it, but it, it, it is it will be nice spray it all over the place two weeks off to to assess because i thought i drove it better this week i m- made my right miss went away i only missed it left which was fun uh you know in an odd way i mean not actually fun but like you feel like you're doing something yeah um but yeah so like i don't know golf is so tough um to to really nail down what it is but i do i do feel like this was one of the first years where i felt like man i did not feel like i got a lot out of the year and i finished 70th on the fedex which again like not hugely successful but that is that is bringing the floor higher to me like my floor felt quite high this year where i'm like man i'm sucking right now oh man i just got third place i had to remind myself that like four years ago five years ago i got six years ago i got sixth at sony and i was like holy cow that was amazing and this year i got third and i was like where could, could you have, have gotten better? Right. And it's like, that's good. Like we're making progress. So. Uh, seven top 25s this year. You had three last year. Yeah. So, so seven I mean, of 20, more, more that's still that. not great, but it's better. And you know, I mean, if seven I, to 21, if I a... make those six cuts or whatever on the number, like I think I would just look at it as a much more, um, I don't know, positive year. Well, your favorite tournament of the year. What was the one that Riff, for nothing, sure, nothing, yeah. nothing will top that feeling. I mean, I, I hope I can win there someday because th- that was the feeling I would imagine when I was a kid going to the tournament and being like, man, if you ever played in this, like this, and how would you react? And it's like, 
I reacted really, really well. I still cannot believe my putt on 15 didn't go I was in. about um, to bring it up. Nothing will hurt my heart a whole lot more. We need to get that. We need to get the video of that just so, yeah, we can put, so just, nobody's ever seen it. It was the best putt so ever. Good. And it didn't go. And then, of course, I make one bad swing on 16. But then I, but get what's cool is I backed it up with an awesome two swings on 17 and then really an awesome swing on 18 uh, into the green that, that just was a little too aggressive. But it was such a fun, I mean, and, and the tournament's bigger to me than most anything. So and real quick, a least favorite fan of the year. Do you have anybody that comes to mind? Uh, yeah, I know who comes. The to person mind. at Riv. Yeah, I would. I would probably say. Uh, I don't know if Taylor paid her, uh, but you know, we don't like you. I'm uh, investigating. Let's, it. let's get the flights. Um, and just I mean, this is this week's flights. You know, what we should do at some point. We should do a year flight. Like oh best yeah, that'd be good. This year, worst yeah. shot you saw this year. Best question asked this year: How's Victor Holland? Is he even working on his chicken? <laughs> how, about, how about the guy? I sent you this in our NBA chat. How about the guy that said, uh, "You're looking great, Max. Go out and shoot 66." Yeah, on that was Sunday. awesome. I, sure. I told you, you, if you shoot 66, you need to give that guy. Well, on Twitter, this guy told me to yeah, shoot 66. Told, I just decided so that guy was my coach. I had a putt for 65. I missed it on purpose. <laughs> I, I wanted to stick to my. You missed process. that four footer on 18. Well, I mean, obviously that was for 65. Yeah, Come on, you know that. Uh, best shot you saw this week? Yeah, so I think the it's Mark obvi- Award. It's uh, the Mark Hubbard Award. I think it's obviously uh, Rom's putt, oh my which God. was crazy because I wrote in DJ's putt, and then five minutes later I had to race it to put it in Rom's putt. But I also wanted to add there was a shot on Saturday that uh, kind of epitomized the golf course. Rory hit this flop from left to fifteen to left pin is dead, and it was one of the highest flop shots I've ever seen. It landed in the rough. It was the as it was a perfect golf shot that went to twenty five feet. So. It was just a perfect way to explain this golf course is really hard. You can never have a bad angle. Did you have a, a best shot? I mean, is it wrong? It's got to be. I mean, you, that, but 66 feet. I mean, so so I, I asked somebody on Twitter to pair it with the JT putt. And, of course, somebody on Twitter, because people are way more talented than we are, yes. uh, did it in like five minutes. And it was almost the exact same amount of time. Was it really? Finish. It felt very eerily similar. Beautiful. But so can we talk about Rom's drive on 18 in regulation? It went like 390 and 364 and he had 130. And it was, that fairway is so, so narrow. That was, was, that was up there too. So, so you know my you know my buddy Andrew. Andrew played the Olympia like probably about a year ago. And it was wet, kind of like what you'd said was the last your previous experience at oh. that golf course. Wet and really, really long. And I was watching Sunday with him, and you know, he'd see drives like on 17 and 18. He's like, I don't even understand this. You know, yeah. I mean, Andrew hits the ball pretty far. So, so there is a thing, and I I don't know how to like fix this, but if the greens are going to be that firm, the fairways are going to be that firm. And it was down off the right on 18. So like the ball went forward because in earlier in the week, I mean, I was hitting six iron in, I mean, I hit three wood, I guess, right? Six iron in one day. And I had to like punch a four iron out. Like the ball was going far. The fairways were rock hard. I mean, like, so if you're on the real quick, just to quit for three me. iron, like two ninety. All right. So if we're playing, you and I go play Phoenix right now, after we get done with this, if you had to drive on one at Phoenix and you, and you pipe it, it's going to go. Uh, I'm going to honestly say it's probably 30 yards shorter. I don't hit okay. my driver. Th- on one the first day, no, on one the second day, I had I had six iron into a 625-yard hole. And whatever, you could say <laughs> ball goes too far, like drivers. Would, it's all those things, are super I don't hit the ball 390. Like, that's just a straight-up fact. Like, <laughs> so, I've not, you know, I could play a six, because because Joe made a great point on 18 that same day, which is the opposite wind direction, so the fairways aren't going to be quite as firm, just or it's not going to play as firm. We hit a... Uh, Three wood six iron into a hole that's literally a hundred and ten yards shorter, so like the ball was just going, gotcha, like okay. and it was hot, like so yeah. Do like, obviously the the drives were going crazy far, but like there were factors that brought that in. I mean, if it when it's soft, I've played that golf course before when it was softer. I'm hitting like three iron yeah. in these holes. I mean, there there were par fours. This is one of my favorite things about golf. I think is it's like you know 
one hole it's 140 and i hit 900 and the next hole is 185 and hit 900 i think that's the coolest part about golf and you have to also track that back to the t is like one hole i'm there's a bunker that's 320 and, and joe is saying that is a no doubt you will fly that bunker and then the next hole is 280 bunker and it's like that one's maybe we play away from it's like that's the stuff that you have to factor in but of course we're going to remember the drive on 18 by rom and how far it went and do i think it's amazing or do i think it's it's crazy that you could play a hole like that yeah but and when it was the other wind, you weren't hitting a gap right. region. I, and, uh, 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 also, just, I mean, the wrong putt is the best shot anybody saw this week. Uh, Tiger, and I was, I played on Friday, and so I was watching it in the, in like the, the Gorilla 19th room. hole or whatever. But Tiger hit like a bump and run. Did you see this bump and run he hit? It made me think of, uh, so I wrote a whole thing on Happy Gilmore and all the stuff that's wrong with As the one golf does. part, all, all the golf part, like years ago when I was blogging on Dodge the Chase Cars. And I wrote this whole thing, like just basically dissecting all the wrong golf things with Happy Gilmore. And there's that moment where Shooter goes, when he fires his caddy, he goes, so what do you think Five it is? Burner. He's got a downhill lie to it. Like, a, you know, it's a pitch. He still hits the wrong club. I think he's a pitch. He hits wedge. pitch wedge, which is the wrong club to begin with. But he, he goes five. The caddy says five iron, right? And it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Because it's just, I mean, you couldn't literally, line. you couldn't hit a five iron on the green from there. Like yeah. you couldn't keep it on the green. I swear, Tiger. And again, I wasn't, I didn't have the audio on, so I couldn't hear what it was. He had like a, it must have been a six iron bump and run up this hill. And I guess, I guess the announcers were like, I don't know why he's doing this. Why is he not pitching this up in the air? And he, he bumped it up there to like five feet and yeah. far. And it was just so sick. And it's those shots. Again, one of the reasons you see people always out tout like events that are like this, where they're firm and tough is you get to see shots like that. that yeah. You don't always see because most of the time when it's wet, you're just going to throw it up in the air with some spin and stop. And the close. cool part is it probably, if he were to talk about it, like the grass was really easy to chip off this week, but there were certain little patches that would just be slightly into the grain. If it's sitting down and it's that soft, you know, uh, Midwest to Northeast, like everyone knows the grass where it's like really mushy, really hard to clip. And he probably had a lie like that. And so it's cool, cool to though. see somebody have to, that's why I like the runoffs around the grass. Yeah. You're going to see some shots oh. like that. Leishman's really good at that too. Like we've seen him hit these five iron oh. pitches where everyone else is either bumping it like halfway there or all the way there or maybe spinning it, and he just like runs a five iron up to like a foot and what, what do so you easy. think on in your professional career what do you think the longest club is you've hit a chip shot with well i mean like three wood and hybrid but i feel like okay iron iron i've hit a, a five so i i only i have a system i i either chip with all, any of my wedges eight iron or five iron really so you have hit five iron yeah oh yeah i've hit five iron like have you ever made have you ever pitched i don't a, think i've made one God, that'll be so sweet. Remember that. Wait, if you yeah, ever make I'll it, you need and, to make I'll that try, as your... I'll try and do that. You should <laughs> hey, listen. Next time you do it, just like that guy told you to shoot 66, next time you do it, just make it. Cool? Uh, uh, cool. I, uh, my other Feel Good Friday, really quick, just Mackenzie Hughes. Really cool to see. So awesome. Going back to the money thing, it's like the opposite. I mean, this is um, a lot of money, but he gets in the Masters in April. All he gets four in all majors. The majors. Uh, this is a huge accomplishment. I thought that was really cool. This, again, goes back goes back to your point. Which the, in, in the in the broadcast did a great job of this on on uh, on Sunday. I do not understand. I, well, I understand it. I understand the money. I don't get why the projections are such a big deal up until Sunday because it doesn't matter. But um, I mean, again, I know because you've got to put FedEx Cup up there a hundred times, or whatever. But it makes just such minimal amounts of sense that on Friday you're going. He's projected 16th. You're like, well, there's two rounds. Literally to go all of the golf around and a half into the tournament. But that I thought the the broadcast did an unbelievable job in that, that instance cool. of like and showing it. Just, he pumps. You so showed cool. how important it was. That's great. And again, to me, it's like if you really want to punctuate that moment on the broadcast, show how many Masters he's played in, show yeah. how many U.S. Opens he's played in, how many British, how many PGAs. Like show that stuff, and then show in 2021 he gets to play in all of them. 
because of that putt. That's such a good point. Because again, I like we that. don't know that. There's your good idea. Well, there, that's that might be my good idea. But you know, like you said it, the, the tour championship is set for 30 guys that we all know by one name. You know, it's the Tigers and the Rorys and the JTs and the Dustins and those guys. That's what this event's made for. It's event. It's made for the best players in the world to all make it there, so we can see the champions battle it out. McKenzie's the guy that's the story from this, right? Yeah, he's the guy because. He is in that group of the elite, elite, elite now for 2020. And because of that, he's going to get all of these rewards for it. And so, like, how do you become a, a one, uh, um, uh, the household name, uh, somebody who we just go by one name? Start somewhere. You're exactly right. He this, might, be this might be the now. That's why I mean, that's why everybody calls him. You might be Mackenzie now. Like you, this is how it starts. Like you got to start. Somewhere. I like that. So that was deep, bro. Yeah. I mean, but that's wow. the thing is like, we, we like, oh. Do I need Mackenzie Hughes? There's like, well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you look at this kid. Like my buddy caddies from Colton, uh, um, uh, Sig on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour. He almost like, won. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, guy. he's got a great golf game. He's gonna play in the U.S. Open this uh, coming up. He's got a, obviously a great player. Like, you it gotta start somewhere. somewhere. Like that kid might be the dude. I, I mean, there's obviously more. Jordan Spieth, obviously, we're gonna know. Like Tiger was obviously destined, obviously. JP, like there are other people, like Kevin Kisner. I'm assuming we did not assume. I mean, he's a little older than me, but like I'm assuming that he would have been a name that you wouldn't have been like popped off the page at you when he was a rookie to second year, so, and now he's literally a household name, one of everyone's favorite per people. Right. So you're you're like your point, right? Okay. So the your Max Homa, who I would say, I would say, if you summed up 2020, at least if I was gonna sum it up for you, not just because you're a big media star now, but you know, like 2020, I feel like. You won in 2019 and people knew who you were and like your popularity has grown a lot this year because again, you're like maybe on the radar a little bit more. You're playing well. You know, you had a, a lot of those good finishes kind of in a row. So it was like back to back to back, boom, boom, boom. He's on the leaderboard. And I feel like now, you know, you're, you get picked for that celebrity thing, which I know is not a huge deal, but it's a deal. I mean, they're not putting some, you know, 190th ranked player in the world I still have the there. tournament. What'd <laughs> you, you say? pick somebody who finished 71st. It would have been, it been so really, it would have been, really, <laughs> been tough to pull yeah. in sick to play in yeah. that thing. But, you know, it's like you're, you're a household name, but you think of the Sony a few years ago, you finished sixth. It's like, it's a huge moment. And now it's like you finished sixth and you're in contention. You're like, damn, I wish I would have won. What's the game where you play like in golf where you have to uh, validate, where you have to right. like, that's what yeah, it the skins like. game, this you year felt it. like a validate year for me a little bit. Like last year I won. Uh, when I look back at the stats, it's a little bit not fluky that I won, but um, there weren't a lot of high finishes. And this year I was like, all right, I'm, I need to prove that winning wasn't a fluke yeah, were to you, me. But I, I understand. Mean, were you vegetarian I, all week? No, dude. It's, it, honestly, it was. In, it was. In, I get. I mean, if we don't count eggs, I did okay for like the first four days. But I forgot like prepackaged stuff at the course. Uh. It's not like super easy so i i wasn't able to do it so hopefully i could do it this week at home but it kind of i was like right when i got there i'm like yeah this is impossible because i got the course the first day i was for two days i was amazing but i was eating a garden salad and a pb and j for lunch and Lacey like, was like this is exhausted super unhealthy and it's like so hot <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're just like i need something it was to awful, eat here. Man. we're gonna take a quick break and be right back at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Uh, do you have, um, did, did we go, did you do Worst Shot? Uh, we don't do Worst Thing. Yeah, well, you can do Worst Shot, you saw. Did you do Worst Thing? I don't thing? want to do Worst Shot. <laughs> What's up? I do Worst Thing. Worst Thing, uh, somebody, not a player, but somebody this week said, uh, I overheard it and I interjected. They said, LeBron's not really one of the most athletic players in the NBA. So I was going to ask you, but we're not going to argue about this because I, I told him I think he's so wrong. But I will argue, uh, ask you this question. Do you think that, size should be taken into account for athleticism so for instance yes i think defensive backs in the nfl are the most athletic quote-unquote people but they're not carrying a lot of weight i would say that they are like you know um jj watt or uh who's the other freak that that from south carolina that smashed the oh clowny clowny like is that that to me is more athletic that you can run almost as fast as that guy by being like Almost double the size. That's why I think LeBron is the most athletic. Person. Well, I mean, like you think a tiger, you know, like Tiger famously didn't love, like he doesn't love his, like he has like skinnier legs. He yeah. doesn't love him. Like he works. I mean, he makes my not, legs look big. It's not like, it's not like Tiger <laughs> didn't work on his legs. Like it was just, just genetically his legs. Yeah, were of bigger. I mean, part of being like freak athlete is, I mean, Dustin Johnson, like Max, you're not going to be six, five, you know, I'm not going to be six, five, like Dustin being six, five is part of his athleticism. Right. So I would say absolutely. I mean, Somebody was arguing that LeBron's not one of the most athletic people in the NBA. <laughs> I mean, it could have just been like a politics thing. Who knows these days? That's I don't know. Point. He just hates LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I have, you could, hey, by the way, if you uh, listen, I, I mean, there's not a lot of like X's off my list of just, I'm not going to handle you. But if you, if you don't respect LeBron's reach in this world, it's really hard for me not to. It's under, just hard. It's just His like, I promise school alone is like my favorite thing an athlete's ever done. It's, it's, I mean, he is. You know, our friend Kevin Stammer always says this. He says he is like a living superhero. 
LeBron yeah. James is. Also, for what by he the way, RIP to Chadwick Boseman. That, yes. that sucked because that was also a, a real life superhero. Oh, and 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 uh, I mean, you know, I hate like like deifying like actors, but that guy seemed like he was using everything he did to like make people happy. I'm watching these old videos now that we know what he was going through, and he's giving a speech about how kids going through this cancer and I was so sad and how we he could and this is he's motivating people to be better while like this is literally about him and he's not even telling you it's about right him, he, he just didn't wants talk you to about focus it. on making other people I mean that was really it, you know you know sad. when you when when people pass away I mean especially you know unexpectedly pass away you tend to get the tributes that pour out as they should you know you get tributes and you get information I do feel like there are times and this being one of them where the reaction you just you can feel the respect yeah, you that everybody the has respect. for the guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just felt like that. Also, I mean, just in personal, just uh, R.I.P. to Lute Olson. I mean, yeah, probably, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I went to I went to the university. I was literally between going to Arizona and Syracuse, where my two schools I was going to go to. Very similar, by the way, in terms of climate. <laughs> Incredibly and, uh, similar. Basically the same school. <laughs> and, uh, and I was on the fence about it. I didn't know where I was going to go. And I ended up picking Arizona because of the basketball team. Well, they and were, also tank tops are cheaper than sweatshirts. Which is way cheaper. North Face is expensive. Oh, I mean, you think I would have been in like three layers all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, I ended up going to Tucson because the basketball team, A, they were established, and B, they were the number one preseason team in the country, uh, which is ironic because Syracuse won the national championship <laughs> oh, that year. Gosh. That was the Carmelo year when Arizona lost you in the league. You might be the Babe Ruth curse. Uh, oh, now. dude, I'm, I'm telling you, they, you know, I'm the first senior class in Lute Olson's historic run at U of A that didn't see a final four. And we have still not seen a final four since oh. I went to school there. So you can blame me all you want, but uh, you know, I, I was, uh, so I, my first, I got a job writing for the student newspaper. There is under daily wildcat. My first year I was in school. I'd never published anything like that was significant. I was a co-editor of the yearbook at my high school, but I didn't do any writing in, in any form. And I read the student newspaper and being kind of the arrogant a-hole that I was as a freshman in college. That's everyone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good point. So <laughs> I said, I was like, I can do this better than these people. So I went and applied for a job and I had to go home and like fudge three columns that I'd published before, which I definitely hadn't. I got a job my sophomore year. I covered the basketball team. Nice. And, um, and I remember I, you know, I'm in these press conferences, Lute Olsen. Yeah. You know, I'm in these press conferences, Lute Olsen. And I just, I was so nervous. I was so nervous about not saying the wrong thing or like, is my recorder on? Is my phone off? You're listening to this legend talk all the time. And I mean, he was, he had a presence, you know, yeah, I mean, he was I one bet. of those guys. Like he wasn't just, you know, some dude up there talking about the team. You know, you, you realize that you were in front of a guy that, that had done this and, and had been, you know, respected by everybody around. So that was a, always one of those things. That was kind of my first pinch me moment was getting a That's chance to awesome. be in front of Lute Olsen. Not and a like lot of people my ever got to do something oh. that cool. So uh, RIP, I mean, you know, I, I don't go to U of A. I don't think if it wasn't for Lute Olsen. And do I think there's probably think a lot of people. you went to U of A uh, as opposed to the cold, you know, Syracuse because bacon, hot bacon is a lot better than cold bacon. Is, wait, it's what is hard to cook bacon. You know what? I, I disagree with you. I don't mind cold bacon. Cold bacon on a sandwich, like a club sandwich. You have sandwich? to like, you have to like all bacon. I do, I do. It's just, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> You're literally pro. the most biased uh, person ever. Hey, I have it. a, I have a good idea. Do you want to hear my good idea? I'd love to. Um, and this just isn't really specific to this week. Here's my good idea. Uh, just be nice to people in yeah. general. Let's just as a, as a society, let's all just try to respect people and be nice to them and appreciate humans and listen. for humans. Listen, and again, if someone's doing something that you don't personally agree with it doesn't mean you have to hate what they're doing and it also doesn't mean you, you don't need to comment on it like, you know i, I just I, don't I, get i don't i i don't get i i do believe this that someone wrote 
um, on, on, well, it was crazy. So I don't go on Twitter Wednesdays to Sundays. Okay. I do go on Instagram here and there because you don't like read many comments. So I unfortunately read the comments on Cameron Champ's post about all he said was he would like to keep discussing uh, improving social barriers and, and social injustice. I think that is a right. very, uh, pretty blanket and very mature thing, very to do. mature, but it's not specific. He's not saying anything about, uh, the, 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 um, controversy over the police and, and, and the P in the, and the citizens, like there's nothing. He just said social injustice. I thought that was good. The, the hate in the comments made me really, really sad, <laughs> but, and every, and it made a lot of people sad, which was kind of good, but I hadn't been on Twitter. So I, yesterday I get on Twitter and I kind of catching up, fortunately didn't read all of it, but man, like just some wild things being thrown out to such, to, to claims that are just so simple, like not, they're not, they shouldn't be divisive claims. So, um, but somebody said, like, if you go in the real world, you're going to have a lot more faith in humanity than if you go on Twitter. Because people, I don't know where you guys get the guts to say the things you say. You say it to me that it's not harmful. You say it, but you say it to something like of, the, of these people who are actually, you know, trying to make change or whether you agree with it or not. Shut up. Right. Like, you don't need to comment. You are not that tough. You saw that person in real life. You would be scared out of your mind to say anything like divisive. And it's very, very frustrating. I even saw, you know, the CDC thing came out about this, the COVID, about how, whatever, it doesn't matter, but like a ton of percent less of like strictly, if you saw the article, you know what I mean, it doesn't matter. The point is that Aubrey Huff, who is a giant who I would have disliked anyways, but he's one of the worst people on Twitter, in my opinion. Uh, he came out and basically said, all you mask wearers must feel like complete idiots now. And it just, it kind of boggled my mind because Mr. Tough Guy, you know, on the internet sa says this, but I don't get it because- the government, like the people who are in charge are telling us to do something. So we're doing it. Like, I, I don't know where, like how that makes me dumb. Right. I, I've never really understood that, but it doesn't matter. But the point is that these people just like to say stuff and, and, and just to say it. And you would never say this to Cameron Chance's face because one, I mean, he'd hopefully kick your ass. But two, I think you'd know, like, that, that you know, you'd actually have to take a beat and think like, is this worth it to say? Because I don't. I, 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 maybe you don't think that that's actually the right, like that, that it's actually right. And it's super sad to see somebody, especially a young kid trying to just make people better. Like I, again, he said nothing divisive to me. Do you want, should everyone feel like they're equal? Yeah. Like why, when someone says that I, I feel like, if I tell you, I feel sick, and let's just say Henry tells you he feels sick. I might've used this analogy before. And you take him to the doctor, and the doctor says, man, like, I just don't know what's wrong with him. And you're like, okay, and you come home, and Henry's still like, man, I feel sick, Dad. Are you just going to be like, no, you don't. Like, doctor said you don't. Like, no, you would listen. You'd be like, okay. And then you brainstorm. You try to figure out what to do to make him feel better. Right. I don't think that's hard, and I don't think that – I think that when people ask that, and then you tell them, you know, you do the the whataboutisms, and what about this? And what about, it's just like, just let's just all listen, just, guys. Th just, this is what he is saying. I mean, it, it's and, so. And Cameron just made just such a freaking simple, normal statement. Fino did too, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, well, Fino supports Donald Trump." It's like, how, where where are you? Where are we going here? Like, can we just like he he says he wants better racial uh, whatever, but more social justice. Like, can we just stick to this and like. Why are you – I don't get it. I just don't get it. But this is the issue with the internet, and I don't know if if, if getting rid of the internet helps. But, man, it, it is it maybe helps the normal people's psyches because it's hard to see this. Um, but I guess the, it's the important to see it because we see just how far away we are from being – fixed as like a country. the instant reaction stuff. I mean, it's it, so, you know, I was I was talking to Cindy about this because, I mean, I I had a 
I had a tough time this week in terms of just to your point, like this, this hateful reaction to people trying to make positive change, right? It's, yeah. it's a positive change for, a, and even if it's not change, it's just trying to be positive. It's like, just trying, just trying that? to, it's, you know, I said, if I wrote down a, a if I got, I, cause I read like, I read to this week, I read the declaration of independence again. It's, I mean, I haven't read it much in the last few years just to see what it said. I mean, it was written a long time ago. I read through the constitution again. I just wanted to see like what, Back in the day, the wording was, you know, I just wanted to kind of just get another look at it. And I was thinking to myself, if I wrote down a quiz for everybody, let's just say in America, because we live in America, but if I wrote down a quiz and I handed it out to every American and it was just simple questions like, do you think everybody should be treated equally? Do you think everybody deserves love? Do you think everybody deserves compassion and understanding? Like, this would be a universal 100% answer, I think. I mean, I'm sure there'd be people that would say no that are just dicks. That's fine. There's dicks in this world. We've talked about that before. But, like, almost everybody in this world would answer yes to these questions. Yeah. And then it's – but it's like we sit here and we we don't want to hear from them. And, like, me, like a white guy, yelling about things that a black person is asking for, like, I I I don't have anything to say here. You know, like I don't have yeah, any, this I don't have a rebuttal. Shut up. And yeah, it's just, and it's, and so like, I don't understand why there are certain inalienable rights that are being requested. For instance, like an equality thing. You know, like this is a human right is to be treated equal. A human right is to love and to like love whomever you want to love. Like it's not, it is not my job. It is not any of our job to say you're doing this wrong. I could tell you your golf swing's wrong. I could tell you you're driving wrong. But the things that we are all like pre like ordained with and and like told about and 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 it's like all of the negative stuff we're taught. You know, everything else like I like you said about Henry. All this stuff was happening, the NBA shut down. I was outside. I was reading some of the comments to your point. I read the goodness gracious, I read the Cameron Champ comments. I had to stop because it was brutal. And I was outside with Henry, and right now Henry's obsessed with birds, like obsessed with birds. Okay, he Shout just out to think, the Sopranos. Yeah, just <laughs> just obsessed. I mean, we have bird feeder out here, hummingbird feeder. Henry gets all excited, and he's like pointing, smiling, pointing, smiling, and I'm just like looking at this young human, and I'm thinking, you know, like all of the stuff he loves now is just because he sees it and he loves it. Yeah, like the stuff that he's not gonna like is is our fault. You know, like if if he didn't like something, it's gonna be because we either talked like that, mentioned it to him, said it, we acted that way. Like all of those negative things he's going to learn from Cindy and I, or he's going to learn from his peers, you know, and that is the problem is you want to give everybody a chance to be compassionate and understanding and more than ever in our society, we need that. So that's my good idea is try if you can to take a second before you respond and just to, you know, understand that Equality isn't a debate. It's not political. Equality is is a human right that we're all supposed to be given. And right now, it, it seems like that's, that's a, for whatever reason, it's a talking point. It shouldn't be. Yeah, I think when uh, when when all this came to a, a you know major head as far as like you know what happened with George Floyd, and we talked about it, and and I mentioned a couple of things on Twitter. I, I felt like after that. I felt like I was too vocal in the sense that I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about and, and I should just shut up and, and listen. And, um, 
and learn. And like, that's what I've been trying to do for the past three months. And, and I'll tell you this, I'm not really listening and learning from very many white people. Like if you, if a white person says on internet, uh, you know, there is no racial, it's like, you, you mean nothing like you, right, you're you, out. you are out. So I'm trying to learn from, from the black community. I'm trying to, to, to pick up on things and watch videos and just, and, and I, I am still allowed to formulate my own opinion, but I'm, I'm trying to learn from the people who are, are talking. If there's a press conference with, uh, you know, the, uh, the police or something, like, I want to learn, like, I want to hear other people's angles, but I, I'm trying to listen more and talk less. Um, and I wish other people did the same because, uh, I want to hear from people who matter. I don't want to hear from people who who don't. And and I think that right now there's just so many voices of people who don't matter. And and I think that when Cameron Champ says something or 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 um you know and literally anyone who has actual experience in this says something, I, I think we should the 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 literal least we could do is listen and and take it in and then and then think and formulate and and if you still disagree i don't get it but you don't need to attack cameron for saying that he wants social justice right. I, I just that that's like that that might be the craziest to me of, of all things that hey i'd like social justice and someone's like well could tell that it's like no no, no that's all he said that's just it. leave it. it like that's period. what he said period we're good like just uh, I don't know what the fight is about. Yeah. Now, so if, and if you're I'm a podcast, you. if you're a podcast fan, I, I'm just going to throw one out there. If you're looking for something to listen to or read or whatever, uh, in the dark, the podcast season two, uh, absolutely worth your time. If you've never listened to it, I know it's a couple of years old at this point, but uh, it's I would say it's it's a great look into what's going on, and it is uh, it is very powerful and impactful. And that is a that is a podcast I'll point you to. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. 
With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Back to the jokes. Yeah, let's go back to the park. I have a great best thing I heard this week and a best thing I saw this week. The saw, really hope it wasn't a you had to be there moment, but it probably was. But the, this is the best thing I heard. Got up and down from the rough, uh, you know, which most members, you know, you look at the rough, ah, you know, even Lacey was talking about, the rough is crazy, like, uh, so I got up and down from it, and as I'm walking off, one of the volunteers who's a member of the course just said, great up and down from that shit. <laughs> and everyone laughed. I laughed. I was like, that's very well said. Yeah. And yeah, I was like, that was perfect. But the best thing I saw yesterday, we're walking. I'm not going to, Lace told me not to say who it was, just because I don't know if they care, whatever. But uh, someone's uh, girlfriend or wife was walking along and uh, walking on the course, and you know, she's a, a pretty, you know, small uh, woman. And and I, it, maybe this is just, uh, there's obviously nothing wrong. It just shocked me. She was smoking a full-blown cigar. Like no way. A, like the Taking big daddy down. of cigars. And I've just never seen it before. And it made me laugh so hard. And Hubbard and I said, you know, Lacey and Megan, his wife, need to do something to step our cool factor up. Because she looked like <laughs> Tony Soprano. And, you know, all of a sudden, Lacey, who typically looks like the coolest person, I think, was looking pretty lame. She's looking, she's looking weak Was, out was there. this like a walking alone Dude, cigar? walking alone cigar. Like, it was a... Like the biggest cigar I've ever seen. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever smoked a cigar this big before. <laughs> Which means she had to have the cutter somewhere. Like I thought it was so sick. Oh, great. I was I, we, I, I'm going to have to ask you who this is off the off, <laughs> I'm so interested. Uh, that should do it. I know we're a little long, but. Uh, oh, well, wait, I do have best oh, decision. Sorry. Oh, I have to say this only because it's the first time one of the oh. best decisions actually panned out in my favor. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Tough decision on the course this week. First day. Uh, course flag impossible, whatever. Uh, pins left on 11. We had driver trying to hit it up to the right and then pitch on. Uh, pull it, of course, uh, as I did all week. Um, I'm right behind a tree. We're deciding if I'm going to hit a 50-yard chip to the front right of the green, then putt across the green, which would have been probably like a 50-footer. I guess everybody makes those, so I should have just hit it there. Uh, or if I, what <laughs> my idea close. was, was yeah, it was to chip it into the bunker short of the green. It was still going to be really fast, but I thought that if I chipped it, I could get it to the upslope, and it would be the best chance for par. So I thought that the putt, you could like literally putt it off the green. So we're going back and forth, and you know, Joe was like, you know, I it kind of came around on my idea, which was kind of cool. Cause typically I like his ideas are almost always better than my <laughs> ideas. This is just facts. So finally I feel like I had a good idea. He's like, you know what? I like it. Chip it in the bunker. So I hit a nine iron and like hooked it into the bunker and it gets up like pretty close to the front of the, the lip. So I'm kind of on it up. So, but it's still not like the easiest bunker shot ever, but like, I was like pretty good. But like, if I mess this up now, like, of course I'm wrong again. And I made it. No way. <laughs> yeah. right. Is that when you fist pumped? Yeah. So I told Joe and you, Joe, didn't, you didn't like a full fist pump. Joe out of the was pretty well. Joe was like, I really hope that's on camera because I pointed because I needed to hang right because I ran out of the bunkers. I knew it was good. And it went in, but it was just like it, I, I saw you. They showed it. They showed yeah, it on camera. I talked to Joe about it because I was like, we well, you know we do this thing, a tough decision. And I said, every decision we've had this year that like I brought up on the potty, it's kind of been like a 50-50. Like I made a par. Like, right. you know, maybe could have been a, maybe it was good, maybe it was bad. Like, who knows, really? This one I was like, 
I did it. Season-ending decision, <laughs> yeah, season and you nailed it. Way to go. That's See, so that, good. that's full circle maturity, Max. I'm so proud of you. You knocked <laughs> oh, that thing man. in. Uh, yeah, that that made it. You were wearing your floral shirt. Obviously, no coincidence. Every time Obviously. you wear the floral shirt, it's going to be a success. <laughs> I don't know why you don't just have Travis send you a million of a those. A million floral You, you could just be the guy that wears the same. That could be your thing. You want a tour? How about the battle of DJ's blue versus Rom's red and gray on Sunday? That was a battle of the titans. It was, I mean... I don't know. Those outfits don't lose. No, the monochromatic DJ look is never a bad look. Always looks good. Luke Donald didn't make it look that cool. Dustin makes it look good. It's weird when you're 6'5 and look like like you look like a professional swimmer. It's really weird that you you would look good. Um, So you got two weeks off and then the U.S. Open? Two two weeks off and the U.S. Open. Um, Man, I mean, I saw a video from uh, the foreplay pod guys were out at uh, Wingfoot, I think, for the media day. And I saw Chip from, I think, Lurch which what a name but lurch and he chipped in looked for like a really good chip look like he got to like 12 feet and then he had like 80 feet for the next one you and i sweet. immediately texted you i was like this is gonna be so you know what hard. good news is uh i hopefully you're not doing a lot of your research on uh high handicap players playing the yeah, US Open I, course. Gonna, I, I think you're probably gonna be a little bit better in the pitch shots but i understand that the way the golf course is so oh, scary hey, oh a friend of mine asked this oh uh, i have one more thing i was supposed to bring up and i didn't um woody you know my friend nick woodruff uh, we were watching at Churchill, I think like Thursday or Friday. And Shout out to cigars. Matt, speaking of cigars, Matt Wolf is on camera out of a bunker. And uh, Woody goes, oh, Max is on. And yeah, I, went, I get that a lot. I went, wow, you just aged Max down like seven years. Yeah, uh, we got a big, good. Thank we got a big you. birthday coming up next month. We got big plans on the podcast like for the. He's eight years old. Yeah, it's a lot different. All timeline, Colt. Uh, I might have said this already, but Colt once asked asked him after he won three on last year what he did to celebrate. And he's like, "Well, I'm not 21 yet, so I couldn't really go to the bars." And Colt's like, "God, never mind." Like, I don't want to hear. Make me feel worse. Yeah. About I'm done with it. you and Speed. Like, and Speed made the bunker shot of the John. Yeah. You're like, "What do 19 year olds do to celebrate their PGA Tour win? Way to go! I buy all the Coke. I got that huge Tour Championship Coke machine in my place." Hey. What an interesting use of Coke, Jesus. Oh, I see what you're saying here. Yeah. Well, I said it the right way, not the like, wrong way. Well, wow, you're 19. You're, you're like, you're 19. Fire, fire it out there. No, I'm the innocent one. You're the one that has the negative brain. See, that's what happens when we go too long. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week um, with a non-tour episode. So who knows? Maybe send us questions or something. Yeah, maybe send us questions. Everybody still wash your hands because it's, you know, why not? I would, I would <laughs> wash nice. my hands in. Yeah, see ya. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 